Hello, loyal listeners of Nebcast. Welcome to our year-end movie spectacular. Um, if you want to call 2010 a movie spectacular. I wouldn't. <laughs> then you can go ahead and do that. Uh, joining us, well, joining me again this year is my good friend James. And James is kind enough to grace us with his presence and his intellectual being in movies. <laughs> uh Brad can't make it today because, unfortunately, his grandfather passed away a couple days ago. Terrible news. That is sucks. So we'll go ahead and dedicate this uh, podcast to his grandfather. And uh, hopefully he's walking down on us and laughing at us at our <laughs> at our poor choices in movies is, yeah. is all I can say. Well, because he knows about that one movie that we didn't see. Exactly. Like, you fucking idiots. You guys didn't see Black Swan. How can you even have a list? No, I saw Black Swan. Did you? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad someone did. Yep. Um... Yeah, I, I really wanted to see. That's the one movie I didn't see that I wanted to see because I, I had a feeling it could be in my top ten, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it would be. You know, I was always concerned. Uh, knowing you and how yours and my tastes uh, relate, I would say you wouldn't have enjoyed it. Um, Good to know, my friend. I like but, that. Uh, from the a- from its absence on my list, you'll 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 understand. You know, I already know it's not on your list. I actually have a cheat sheet that um, Brad uh, has Brad has given me. Um, so, I mean, we'll probably get right into it because we have 30 movies to cover, yeah. basically. Uh, well, we I have a cheat sheet, and we have 20 movies. So that means uh, we agreed on 10 of them, but we didn't agree on a whole bunch of the other ones. Hmm. And Brad already has a list going, and he's going to... Just to, to, to hazard a guess, you and I agreed on 10 of them, and then we all... Decided. Yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I think now that Brad's not here, we can go ahead and rip on him, and he has nothing to say about it, because his first movie on here is Nanny McPhee Returns. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I'm totally kidding you. He has a oh. uh, best of... Uh, he wanted me to go through the whole list, but I can't okay. go through this whole list, okay. because he actually was really funny, and I'm reading these movies on here, and his fake list is number 10 is Nanny McPhee Returns. Which is a really big hit in uh, England, evidently. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, number nine is Dear John. I missed that one. Um, oh, is it the one with, uh, yeah, Amanda Seyfried and they sit on the beach? Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, I saw uh, the poster. remember when she was in Veronica Mars and she was awesome? No, I remember when she died and I was happy, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that she wasn't in it. You know, she's well, she was in Veronica Mars. Yeah, yes, yes. Ah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, then he has Valentine's Day, which I have to unfortunately say I have seen that movie. Is it awful? Oh, gosh. You know, yeah, it was awful. I love my fiance Laura, more than anything in this world. She has the <laughs> worst taste in mo- movies and TV of anybody I know. Uh, you're, yeah, you're right. Hands down. It's, I can't disagree. It's scary. It, it's really <laughs> scary. Um, then he has Vampire Suck. Which really disappoints me because it made like almost forty million dollars. Yeah. That means a lot of people saw it. Uh, uh-huh. Sex in the City too. Well, that I mean, I'm not going to make the argument, but some people like that movie. Uh, I don't know who That's did. The first one, legitimately okay. Um, I told uh, Laura when she was when it was going to see it that uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the remake, had a higher Rotten Tomato rating than Sex and the City 2. So critics would rather see people butchered than listen to old bitches whine. I can at least respect that movie having been made, whereas something <laughs> like Vampires Suck, uh, no, there's no giving yeah. that. And then he has Babies on here, which I didn't see. I saw, well... That's the documentary with all the little babies, it's right? It's not a documentary. It's it's cute stock footage. Really? So, yeah, when you tell me you're going to follow four babies from around the world, mm-hmm. I expect there's there has to be some narration so that you can tell sure. me about, like why certain things are interesting and talk about 
how babies are raised differently in different parts of the world, but there is no voiceover. So it's just two hours of looking at babies. <laughs> I, I couldn't watch the whole thing. It was terrible. Wow. Um, he has Furry Vengeance on here at number four, <laughs> which you think would be like number one. Um, poor Brendan Fraser. Yeah. You know, he is good at movies, but then he makes terrible career choices. He didn't put Extreme Measures on here, but no. I have a feeling that one didn't live up to the hype either. And then he follows number three as Eclipse, which I never got into the Twilight. Uh, I can't. I, after you told me that in the fourth book, which I know you know is, is true because I've now read it, that he performs <laughs> a vampire C-section with his fang. Uh, yep. We have that to look forward to. And then when you told me the story about you watching on riff tracks from the second one yeah, with, yeah, with the, face punch. The highly offensive face punch scene. I, I thought you were making it up. Like, no. But then I've had the story verified by three people that have seen the movie, and I yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, it's awful. It's really bad. Two is Legion, which I have seen, which is god-awful. Aww. But there's an old Literally. <laughs> Bazing! Hey, keep on listening. There's more jokes coming like that. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Legion. Uh, yeah, because I didn't expect it to be good. Either did I. It was one of those movies like when a Resident Evil comes out where I, I yeah want to see it because I want it to be fun. But then, yeah, of course, this year even the Resident Evil movie was bad. So yeah, you know there's parts in the Resident Evil movie that I actually enjoyed. I liked yeah. when she was running and she's shooting the zombies and their brains are blown up in 3D. But then there was parts yeah. when they were swimming in the water and their head oh. was totally off. Their it was. Oh, yeah. Bizarre. Um, and then he closes it out with Ramon and Bejesus, which, of course, I have um, I have never People seen. People like that book. Yeah. You I know? guess. I didn't even know it was a book until yesterday. It's a, it's a cute movie. It, he wants us to go into movies that he missed this year. Enter the Void. Okay. Um, Freakonomics. Okay. Kind of a funny story. Okay. The Good, Bad, and Weird. Yeah. Again, it's movies that... And I'm not trying to be mean to Brad, but it's movies that Brad wants to see, and I've never heard There's of. There's a couple of the, oh, Freakonomics I've heard of. Enter, Enter the Void is one that I want to see eventually. I just haven't, you know, gotten around to it. Um, and so else. we'll go ahead and go into our top ten. Um, I'm going to preface this to say that Brad has deemed um, the 2010 movie um, season as this year sucked donkey balls, <laughs> which is written right here. And so we'll go ahead and call this 2010 this year sucked Donkey Ball's top 10 movie list. Yeah, I, w- I would not disagree. Um, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so um, Brad actually has, uh, he made a DVD. Did you get your DVD? No, I didn't get a DVD. Uh, there's a DVD there of all the trailers. They're for you, my friend. Aww. I can pick up one from Brad, but you won't be around, so I can pick one up from him. So uh, enjoy. Um, there's 20 trailers on there for you. Oh, that's cool. For your enjoyment. Uh, so um, here he has it on a rotation, and he actually has... You going first, James, and you'll also hear the trailers on our podcast. So, um, James, why don't you go ahead and start with your number ten? Well, first, I have to point out that uh, he this this DVD is 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 once again Brad doesn't know what movies came out this year because it's labeled with Mystery Team on here, and that was from last year. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my number ten was Iron Man two. I'm sorry, he's very eccentric. I want one. No. If you can make God bleed, 
people will cease to believe in him. turned over to the United States of America. I am Iron Man. The suit and I are one. Contrary to popular belief, I know exactly what I'm doing. What? What I saw you do to Tony Stark on that track? Wow. You need my resources. I want to make Iron Man look like an antique. This whole lone gunslinger act's unnecessary. You don't have to do this alone. textbook narcissism. Agreed. Awesome. Why'd you pick Iron Man 2? Because that movie is awesome. You know, I, I teetered with that one. Yeah. Um, I didn't put it in my top ten because I had a feeling someone else would. Yeah. And I, we had an opportunity to talk about it. And I did. I enjoyed Iron Man 2 as well. It's, it's one of those movies that I understand why a lot of people don't like it. There's There are things that are wrong with that movie, but it, it doesn't matter because I still sit there and I watch it and I'm having the best time. And no. it, still has, it still has enough fan service and I'm a big enough fan that... I, it, you know, I agree. You, you have a character that Robbie, Robert Downey Jr. seems like he was born to play yeah. because it seems like he goes on into every shot and he just has fun with what he's doing. And I really, my favorite scene in that whole movie is when he's at the uh, Senate Council committee hearing, yeah, and he's uh, being interviewed by Gary Shandling and just the great banter he has, and it's just funny. It's perfect, Tony Stark. Yes, like perfect enough that then when I go and see. Uh, like Sherlock Holmes from last year, I think, man, he's still kind of doing Tony, <laughs> Tony Stark. Stark. Yeah, he's so good at Tony Stark now that I see that in everything he does. You know, I agree. And it just, I thought it was a cool movie. I really did. And I've been reading a, a a lot of websites that say it was a disappointment of this year, one of the disappointments. And again, I don't see where the disappointment really comes in in that movie because, to me, watching it, it delivered on everything the first one did, and then just kind of gave it a little more. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily better, and I think that's why people are disappointed, because with, with superhero movies, the expectation at least, now, this, isn't, this hasn't proven itself true in practice, but the expectation is that when you make a sequel, it should be better because you don't have to do the origin story anymore. Yes. Whereas other movies, other movies when you get a sequel, usually it's sort of watered down and garbagey, but with, with superheroes or something different. But So I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily better, but it, it was something that, like, it's got... The Captain America shield and Thor in it, and yes. that is enough to make me excited about Captain America. Exactly. You know, I, I agree with you. It's not better than the first one, but I think it's comparable. Yeah. Where yeah. you know, it's it's not 
it's I see I wouldn't even say it's worse than the first one no because I think they're both enjoyable movies yeah and I can have fun watching them over and over again because that's how I roll you know and I, there's weird stuff like Mickey Rourke's bird it yeah, just sort of throws you off, and you're like, "Why is this here?" But it's funny. So it, I keep you watching. know, and and Sam Rockwell is awesome in it. Great. Yeah. And you know, I finally uh, he, he's a good actor that he can just oh he seems like he can play anything. Yeah. You know, and I, I love his because you know at the beginning Tony Stark comes out at uh, Stark Expo and he's super cool and suave. Right. And then Sam, Sam Rockwell tries to do it and he just looks like a buffoon. Yeah. Which is just perfect for that character. And in it's that perfect movie. with Sam Rockwell because Sam Rock like. Him coming out and doing his little dance, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right, Sam Rockwell is amazing." Yes. And then he starts talking, and you're like, "Oh, this is awful. Yeah, <laughs> you're bad." Yeah, no. the movie is great. Awesome. Anything else you want to add about Iron Man Two? No. No, you're good on Iron no. Man Two. Yeah, I mean, and it's the other thing about it is that I think uh, choosing to do that kind of a villain because one of the complaints about the first movie was that at the end of that movie it was just. Uh, him fighting a big robot and then this movie is him fighting a lot of big robots but if they'd gone anywhere else if they tried to tread on any of the like supernatural stuff that Thor is going to deal with I think it would have been messy and would have screwed up their whole, their plan for yeah. Marvel as a whole and I mean they have plenty of time because obviously there's going to be an Iron Man 3 yeah so though without um, Favaro but yeah I'm sure they'll find somebody yeah. <laughs> well, you hope, anyways. If yeah, if not, it's okay. We we have the first two, and they'll be making Captain America sequels. Exactly, Fingers and crossed. you know they'll make another Iron Man, and you know the worst it could be is Spider Man Three. Yeah, you're right. The worst that it can be is Spider Man Three, which I still defend to this day. I'll defend it. It's, um, I don't watch it though. As, as <laughs> when you lump them in with, of course, because the first two are so awesome. Yeah, it it seems like a step back. I agree. Cool. Well, um, on the rotation, um, Brad gave me very specific notes for this because he's not here. <laughs> uh, for the rotation is I'm next. And actually, my movie might surprise a lot of people, my number 10. Oh, shit. Uh, my number 10 movie is Easy A. Let me just begin by saying that there are two sides to every story. And this is my side, the right one. I used to be anonymous and nothing and non-entity. Olive. That's your name, right? Yeah. Uh, we've had nine classes together since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So here it is, part one. Do you want to go out with me? Brandon, just a couple hours ago, you told me you were gay. You said I should pretend to be straight. I didn't mean with me. I am tormented every day at school. Just one good imaginary fling. Which brings us to part two. Is that Olive with Brandon? No grunt and make it convincing. You ready for the grand finale? Yeah. What? Thank you. What's up? I always thought that pretending to lose my virginity would be a little more special. Judy Bloom should have prepared me for that. Brandon told me what you did for him. No, he told me the truth. I was just hoping that maybe you could do the same for me. So whether I liked it or not, I was open for business. 20% off to Bath and Body Works? Is that how much our imaginary trust spent to you? I fake rocked your world. We need to pray for her. 
But we also need to get her the hell out of here. Amen. On Monday, things took a turn for the scandalous. Screw all these people, Olive. Ironically, we were studying the Scarlet Letter. This girl named Hester Prynne has an affair with the minister, is besmirched, and made to wear a red A for adulterer. Perhaps you should embroider a red A on your wardrobe. I'm not proud of this. I wanna hold them like they do in Texas, please. No judgment, but you kind of look like a stripper. Mom. A high-end stripper for governors or athletes. Is she the one everyone's talking about? Yes. I know exactly what you're doing. If I promise not to tell anyone, can I kiss you right now? I had a similar situation when I was your age. I had a horrible reputation. Why? Because I slept with a whole bunch of people, mostly guys. Mom! There's a higher power that will judge you for your indecency. Tom Cruise. Holy shit, I would not have expected that from you. You know, I wouldn't expect it either. I... I wanted to see it because it actually got really, really, really glowing reviews. And I waited. You got bit by the Emma Stone bug. That's what it is. Well, I've always loved Emma Stone. Come on. I mean, can you not love her in Zombieland? And even super bad. So I didn't see it. Um, Laura always wanted to see it. And I said, you know what? Let's just wait till it's on Redbox because it's getting really good reviews, but I'm really scared to watch it um, because a lot of times uh, teenage movies are really stupid and i can't i can't handle them yeah but as i sat down and i started watching it you can't help but be impressed with how much you're drawn to emma stone and how well she carries this movie and i don't know if you've seen it but no, i i would i would recommend seeing it uh, um it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow i understand no, that. no 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 i i wanted to see it and i just now i'm now i'm sorry that i didn't see it before i did because you know and this is how i have been back and forth on my list for about two weeks now Easy A bumped Predators off my list. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I can say that, you know, it was just a fun movie to watch. The supporting cast was great. Uh, Stanley Tucci as her dad was awesome. And he's only in it for, I don't know, five, six minutes. Yeah. But he's really cool. And then they they play on all the uh, 80 teenage movie cliches and put their clever spin on them. And it's just a really fun movie. Yeah. And I didn't expect myself to actually enjoy it as much as I did. In fact, I enjoyed it so much that when it was done, I said, oh, maybe I want to watch that movie again and see some of the jokes I missed in it. And, and it's so a, you've, wa- you, you've watched Easy A twice. I have not watched it twice. Oh, okay. uh, Laura took it back because I wouldn't have taken it back. I'm the worst at returning those movies to Redbox. <laughs> but it's yeah. not here anymore, so I'm guessing Laura took it back yeah. because she knows how bad I am. <laughs> um, so you know, when it's on sale for $10, I'm probably going to pick it up and watch yeah. it again. And But it's just a fun movie, and I... I I always say this. I miss movies sometimes, the fun in movies. And that's what I really enjoyed about the first Iron Man. Yeah. Is when I sat down and watched that, I, you know what I'm saying? This movie's really fun. Yeah. I, when I, I get sucked in the world, and the same thing can be said about Easy A, where, you know, she's, she's embracing this slut that she's not. And it's playing on the thing where you have to be popular and you have to do things the right way. And it's just a really clever movie. And Emma Stone just carries the movie. Yeah. Wholeheartedly through it. That's cool, because it looks like. I I enjoy one of those you know high schooly kind of movies every now and yeah. then. Yeah, and this one looked at least like it had something. It was something different. It was a story I hadn't heard before. Oh yeah, and then and Thomas Hayden Church was really good in it as her teacher. Oh, Thomas Hayden Church. I was thinking Hayden Christensen. <laughs> wow. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Lisa cool. Kudrow has a really small bit in it, but she's really good. Cool. Um, Amanda Bynes is like this 
uh, Christian girl that starts the rumor about her sleeping with people, that and was, it's really funny. That was the reason I didn't see it was because Amanda Bynes' face looks weird now. <laughs> I've grown up with Amanda Bynes, and now she like cakes her face in makeup, and I don't know who that person yeah. is. Yeah, she's yeah. like 23 now or something. It's yeah, really yeah, bizarre. Yeah, she's like my age, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all I have to say about Easy A. Uh, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed the movie, and that it's in my top ten. It really surprised me even more. Yeah. Um, not that it's a bad movie, but, you know, I, I had such trepidation seeing it, and right. I was really nervous seeing Sometimes it. Sometimes those are the best. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Brad's not here, but... Uh, um, I'm Brad! And- <laughs> just kidding. He doesn't sound like that at all. I was like, um, oh, shit, you're not going to do that the whole time? I'm, I'm just making fun of him. Because uh, <laughs> he's not here, so he can't defend himself. His number 10 is Catfish. Hello? Hey, Megan. Hi, how are you? Your voice is not at all what I expected. I mean, she must be pretty awesome. At least from Facebook. How long have you been calling each other babe? Two weeks, maybe. I'm pretty good. I'm good. Last night we had a great talk. She told me about a chicken makes an egg every day. Did you know that? Megan, I take you to my room and dry you off, touching every inch of you. <laughs> Megan is a dancer. She sings. Her sister is an artist. This is the painting of Angela that she did. That's the mom? Yeah. Wow. I know. She's hot. The Facebook family. Well, that's what we'll call them. I really care about this girl. I've had a real conversation with her. So you're full on going out? I guess I don't know that much about her. I don't really want her getting hurt. I'm not getting hurt. So what's the next move? I think we drive up to Megan's farm in Michigan. This is it. This is it. Just pull up. Do you want to drive into the driveway? Yeah. Are you crazy? What do you mean? Drive into the driveway. What do you mean? Don't drive. back into it. Why not? Because then we can't see what's in front of us. I'm a little scared. This place gives me creeps. Let's go. I have not seen it, but I have. I know of it because yeah, of it was one of the movies I didn't get a chance to see yet this year. And now, oh, man, now I'm really sad that he's not here because I would have yeah, liked to talk to him about. I would too, because you know I read the controversy about it. Is is it real? Is it not real? Right. Where the filmmakers swear up and down that it's real. Uh, I on Facebook, I I like Zach Braff, and he. Um, was posting for a long time on his Facebook page and his Twitter that you should go see this movie. It'll change your life. And then two weeks later, after he found out that it might not be real, he said, oh, I really hope it's real because if it's not real, then it loses a lot of its emotional impact. And Mm. um, It's one of those movies I've wanted to see, but sometimes I have a hard time justifying uh, $11 to see a movie that um, I'm on the fence about. Right. Yeah. So I wish we could talk about it more. But it's, it looks fascinating. It's interesting because it's not the only documentary 
that from this year that where reality is sort of in question. But we'll we'll talk about that again later. Yeah, it'll it'll come. Um. Up. So yeah, that's Brad's top ten. Sorry, we can't talk about it more. Uh, maybe Brad will splice himself into this uh, <laughs> podcast and he can talk about it. Uh, so James, we're back to you. You're on number oh, nine, sir. Right. All right. Well, my number nine is Let Me In. Yes. As some of you may have heard, there was an incident last night. One of your recent graduates here was killed. In the meantime, we need you all to be on the lookout for any suspicious activity. You guys just moved in, huh? How do you know? I live next door to you. What happened there? Some kids from school. I'll help you. But you're a girl. I'm a lot stronger than you think I am. Can you hear me through the wall? Only sometimes. We found another body a few days ago. Victim completely drained of blood. Please don't see that boy again. Where's your dad? He pissed on my dad. Sweet. Great choice. Thank you. Because uh, it's actually a lot higher on my list. Oh. Um, just a, a haunting movie. Yeah. Well, and you hadn't seen the original one, I have right? not seen the original. Okay. I think that's why it's a little lower on mine is because I've I've seen the original and I can't help but compare the two because they yes. are, they're so similar. You know, there's certain shots that I like. They're similar enough that I, I can say like, oh, I really like the way that the one did this scene better than the other one. and But... Uh, just taken by itself, the, the movie is fantastic and creepy and and heart wrenching. Oh man, it, it's a it's amazing for a movie that it 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 depends on two children yeah. to carry the story yeah. because I mean it, uh, the little boy's mom to me is like the teacher in Charlie Brown yeah. where you really don't see her. You know, it's wah 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 wah, and yeah. but she's there. But it, she's not really there, obviously. Yeah. And that movie is so grimy yeah. and disturbing. And I, I think it's heartbreaking because the uh, the old guy that's with the vampire is where the boy's going to be. And he's still uh, – it's and Chloe Mortiz is – she'll be on my list again later on in this year. <laughs> but yeah. I'm telling you right now, she has a bright future. Yeah. Because well, and so does the other the, – the What's his Cody movie? Smith? Um, yeah, Smith McPhee some, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Cody Smith McPhee, uh, who was in the road and he's, from last year, which was one of my favorites. Oh, 
the kid is amazing. You know, I guess kind of this in the same sense, those movies have the same tone where this movie, mm-hmm. the kids lost, even though it's civilization is around. Yeah. But again, he to be able to carry a movie at his young age is and yet phenomenal. at the same time, like having seen both of those movies, they, he, I mean, you, you don't usually expect for a child actor like that to be able to change as, as much as he did. Cause those two, those two characters are very different and, and played very subtly and, that kid is special. Oh yeah. yeah, and that that movie is just—I mean, there's some scenes in there that are just creepy. Yeah, where she, where he cuts his finger and it blood falls on the thing, and she comes down and licks the floor. Yeah. Oh man, that, that stuff gives me. I, I'm I watch so many horror movies. I don't really get nightmares, but just the imagery of it is yeah. enough to creep you out. Uh, that movie really messed with me because yeah. it's it's just a fascinating movie. And besides getting past the horror of it it's just fascinating yeah. and uh the, the relationships obviously the most important thing in those movies yeah and i mean it, I, i'll never get around to reading the book but the story just in general is so good the the way that he's able to tell basically the beginning and the end of this romance in in one small compact story because we you know by the end we realize that his future is this old guy exactly seen at the beginning of the movie um and it's, it's beautiful it's it's weird because you're creeped out because she's a little girl, but at the same time you realize that she's not a little girl. Right. You know she's old. So when he, uh, I, I just that scene where he she puts his, her hand on his shoulder and he like lovingly like rubs. Uh, you, you have to see the movie to, it, and nobody saw it. So fuck yeah. you, people. And it's a, it's a way better little girl vampire than uh, than Interview with the Vampires. Oh yeah, does. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, what do you have next? Um, my number nine is you have to go all the way back to January for mine, oh. and it is Youth in Revolt. My name is Nick. I live with my charming mother. Her latest boyfriend, Jerry, is a pathological liar. If a woman answered the phone, it was probably just the maid. He's a real prize. <laughs> my dad is currently in between jobs. Lacey is dad's girlfriend. Baby, how near are you? It's amazing how much action everyone around me seems to be getting. With one exception. Honey, this is Sheenie Saunders. She just stopped by to introduce herself. Isn't that neighborly? For Nick, Sheenie was the one. Would you mind applying this to my exposed areas? Sure. Until she became the one. You get turned on easily. Who got away. Sheenie, I think I love you. Nick, you're very nice, but I have a boyfriend. Hello, Nick. Bad break, Nick. Well, I'll be leaving. Shot to the heart! Now to win her over... He'll have to give love. Bad name! I have decided to create a supplementary persona named Francois Dillinger. Bold, contemptuous of authority. Thanks for breakfast. Where are you going? And irresistible to women. You're not going to get this girl by sitting around listening to records. It's time to rebel, Nick. It's time to be bad. How far will one guy go? For the girl of his dreams. I burned down Berkeley for you. So romantic, Nikki. Kiss me, you weenie. I say we let the kid do the dishes. You and I retire to the master bedroom. Mom, do you think it's a puppy love thing with Jerry, or is he someone that I can look forward to having around for years to come? Sheenie's coming home for Thanksgiving. You should be there. Paul served an appetizer earlier. Stuffed mushrooms. It's gonna change your life. Have fun. 
You're going to jail. I'll only ask once that you and your adorable sweater step away from the door. <laughs> Seems to me you've got two options. Fake your own death or commit suicide. Not half as bad as the nasty things I want to do to you right now. If that's okay with you. That's a good one. I like that movie. Me too. I, I Because uh, Michael Sarah's on my list twice, obviously, this year. Uh, yeah. But to me, in that movie, he played a different character. Yeah. Even though, I mean, some people might think that his quiet virgin is a character he plays all the time. I disagree in that no. movie because in that one, he wants... T- it's like part Napoleon Dynamite where it has a weird vibe to it. But then when he becomes his uh, alter ego, Francois Dillinger, it's just, I can't help but laugh. Both and those characters are, are, are divergent for him. Exactly. I, mean, I think at this point people sort of see his face and they think that he's doing the same thing. And any, I agree. Any time that he's quiet, they think he's doing the same sort of awkward comedy and that's not necessarily what's going on. No. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. It, it, it's not on my top ten, but it's in my top twenty. Yeah, I just I, I liked it how quirky it was, and it was different. Yeah, and oh, very. I, it was actually I liked the movie so much I went out and bought the book and read the book. Oh, is it good? The book is good, and it's uh, it's a little more descriptive, and it has really funny parts in it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'd recommend everybody reading the book too because the book is really good. It's a nice supplement to the uh, movie. You know, what really sold me on that movie is one of the first scenes in it. In fact, I rewatched it to make sure I would put it in my top 10 recently. And uh, it's with his, those sailors come looking for his step, his mom's boyfriend. Oh yeah. And he's talking about how they're going to need to rough him up a little bit because he probably won't understand (laughs) that scene. And when he's in the bathroom with that one Bernice girl. Yeah. And he's talking about that Trent guy and how, he says that you're frumpy and oh, I couldn't stop at laughing. Uh, it's just that's a movie that probably suffers on my list from having been a year ago. Yeah, I, yeah I'll probably watch it again and then be like, oh, this this is better than all of the movies. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a, that's a cool movie that I really liked, and obviously it's not going to be on a lot of people's lists. No, but because I can see too why people might not like because it's a little darker, and you have to really like who he is, even though he's not a really likable character in it. Right. But it's still really funny. Um, his Francois Dillinger just cracks me up because it's Great. it's just goofy. Yeah, and it stands out this year. It's not. It does. And they had those cool little animation bits in it, and oh, that's right. Yeah, man, I I do need to see that again. So yeah, I enjoyed that one. So we'll go to Brad's number nine. Um, where the hell am I on here? He has. I have so many lists of Brad's that I, I I'm losing track. Okay, uh, Brad's number nine is Machete.
peace. And now you want me to help you kill all these men? Yes, Padre. I'll see what I can do. Do you like that? I tried to do, uh, like, the, the voiceover for the the trailer. Yeah. Machete. <laughs> uh, Machete. I didn't see Machete. No? Did you? I did. I went and saw it with Brad, and I can tell you right now, it's 100% Robert Rodriguez. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wasn't expecting to, I wasn't expecting to react the way I just did. Um, um, even I guess he didn't really direct the whole thing. No. Um, it oh. does slow down a lot. The, the beginning has the grindhouse feel to it, yeah. where the film is grainy and it's popping and stuff. But then after they do the little intro of why Machete is Machete, it uh, it changes to like a real movie. where oh. yeah. That's weird. But it has a really big social um, statement to it. That's why I didn't go see it. I was afraid it was going to be preachy. But it, it's funny because at, at the end they have this huge like war and all the Mexicans come to take down the senator, Robert De Niro's character. And um, they show up in, uh, you know, those ice cream trolley things. Have you ever been in Denver and they're pushing them? They're like the oh, blue yeah. thing. Yeah, there's a guy who's that. There's maids. And, <laughs> and so it's really racist. But yeah. you can't, can you get mad at it because a Mexican made it? I don't know. Right, exactly. So it's funny. And Lindsay Lohan's naked in it. So that's kind of fun. It's got um, Lapidus from Lost in it. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's a cool movie. It's different, and it's got CG naked Jessica Alba. Yeah, which I like. I said I didn't see it, but I saw an article about the fact that they wanted her naked, but she wouldn't do it, so they CG'd off all of her clothes, which yep. is insane. Yeah, and I guess I mean that's a way around it. In, in, in the scene, you really don't see anything. Right, it's yeah. really like her butt. So, yeah. and I'm not surprised that Robert Rodriguez does that because he's a really innovative filmmaker. I mean, you can look at Sin City and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. He's a he's a guy that I'm sort of conflicted about because I, while I think I enjoy his movies sometimes, I, I never feel like they're as good as they could be. I feel like his style sort of gets in the way. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm the kind of person who likes the first half of From Dust Till Dawn better than the second half, and of course the first half is, is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think Dust Till Dawn's his best movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. That, then I don't think I like Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, uh, but... I think uh, just because I don't know that's a fun movie too. Yeah. I I will say this about Robert Rodriguez: is most of his movies are fun. Yes, you know absolutely. You, you can. Absolutely, you, there might not be win Academy Awards, but you can watch him and say, you know what, a cool movie. Yeah, you know, and you're right. He does do he does do like sort of unexpected things. He does, it's, you know, the way that he shot Sin City is is pretty insane. The fact that his big movie this year is Machete. Yeah, you know, it's like it's another grindhouse movie. Yeah, so it's, I, it's I do, I do like that he takes risks. Yeah, and I mean he's an innovative he's, he's filmmaker. He's definitely having fun. Exactly, and I like learning how to cook from him. I don't know if you've yes, seen his DVDs. I have, and yeah. he always has something how to yeah. cook something on his DVDs. So make sure when you have his DVDs, guys, you know, check it out. Yeah, because uh, you'll learn how to cook stuff like eggs and bacon, and yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. So Machete's a cool movie. Uh, it did make it into my top ten. I, I was debating about it oh right this is brad's this right. is brad's wow so he really liked it wow yeah uh so yeah i mean you should check it out i mean it's a fun movie you see decapitations with the machete and you get to see him uh have sex with a bunch of chicks it's really funny because uh they'll be arguing with him and then he'll give him a look and then all of a sudden he'll play like some porno music <laughs> like uh with Lindsay lohan in the movie uh he goes to their house because he's looking for the senator and he, 
the mother and daughter, Lindsay Lohan and her mother in the movie, not in real life, obviously, um, say something to him. And then the next scene, they're in the pool all naked, <laughs> making out and having sex. So, And then Lindsay Lohan is... <laughs> He drops her off at a church and she wakes up and realizes she wants to be a nun while, <laughs> while she's still naked. And, and so the scene where at the end where there's a big war, she's a nun with the guns. It's pretty funny. Now, they because uh, you bring up the Lindsay Lohan thing and the, the way they did that is uh-huh. that they took like footage that they'd shot for the trailer and then used that mm-hmm. but then sort of redid it to make it look like it was Lindsay Lohan. Did they explain the motorcycle jumping off the thing explosion shot? Uh, is that actually in the movie? It is. I don't remember it, though. I only saw the movie once, and I saw it when it came out in April. Oh, okay. So I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I'd have to watch it again. Oh, okay. But, yes, he does jump off and shoot the gun. Cool. And there is the scene, too, in the trailer with Cheech Marin. It's in the movie where he says, yeah. I can't forgive you, and he shoots the guy. Yeah. His brain explodes. It's pretty funny. Cool. All right. I'll have to see it. Yeah. So, uh, James, we're back to oh. you, sir, on number eight. All right, well, my number eight is the other documentary that may or may not be real from this year called Exit Through the Gift Shop. Another movie I, I wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't get an opportunity. I, I have heard that it's uh, quite amazing, though. It's it's really fun. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected to see, to be entertained by a movie about art. But uh, at the same time, I wouldn't have expected to be entertained by a movie about a font. And I'm a big fan of the movie Helvetica. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, Banksy... It, is one of those guys that I've seen his art for years and always thought it was really cool. And then this is a, in this movie, there are times when they'll be, you know, going out at night and, and throwing art up on some wall somewhere and it'll go up and they'll show it when it's done. And I, th- I think, oh man, I've, I've seen that on the internet for years. Huh. Like, I suddenly realize that I'm watching sort of like a behind the scenes of this art that I have seen for the past, you know, five to six years or so. So can you do me a favor? I'm not 100% sure what the movie's about. Can you uh, um, explain the movie? Is it explainable? Yeah. I, I don't want to say too much because there is, you know, like I said, there's this question about what parts of it are actually real. Um, uh-huh. my, my belief is that there's a point in the movie where the movie starts, it, it takes a turn and everything after that is fake. But ostensibly the movie is about uh, this guy decided that he was going to get into making a documentary about Banksy. His... A cousin of his, I believe, was uh, called Space Invader. Mm-hmm. It was a guy who, who would take little tiles and he would make uh, 
like eight bit versions of Space Invader, and then he would slap them up I- around, in, I believe, in France. Really, and uh, and so since he was sort of into that art scene already, he thought, well, nobody can get to Banksy. I'm going to see if I can do a documentary about Banksy, uh, and Banksy agrees to do it. And then Banksy eventually starts turning the film into a movie about this guy who's trying to make a movie about Banksy. Huh. So it's a really sort of meta, twisty, yeah. weird film. But at the same time, it's just cool to see them talk about this kind of art and where it came from. Uh, and then by the end, they're, they're making some statements about what art really is. Gotcha. Thanks. I, I, I mean, I knew about it, but I... Sometimes when I want to see a movie, I don't read too much about it yeah. because I mean, oh, I mean, unless it's Spider-Man, then I'll always follow it. Right. But you know, like this movie, because I I did hear that it might not be real. It might not. I didn't want to read something and they'd say this is real, this isn't. I wanted to make a judgment for myself. I, I think recently I, I was under the impression that there was sort of a clear consensus about what parts were real and what weren't. Hmm. And then Banksy came out. Uh, he's talking about making another movie, not a sequel, but just another movie. Mm-hmm. And he came out and said, "Oh no, everything about it is real." And I was like. Huh. Really? Even the parts with the elephants and such? Like, what? <laughs> I can't. I couldn't believe that it was actually entirely real. But it, it might be. I don't know. Gotcha. Sorry, I can't interject more. I, did, I haven't seen no, it. No, it's fun. You should see it. I will. I mean, I will see it for sure. I mean, it's certainly it's a hard sell. I've been trying to get my parents to see it recently, and it's uh, not, you know, it's a documentary and it's hard yeah. to even describe, but it's good. Gotcha. Okay, uh, I guess we're on to my number eight. My number eight is a recent one, and it's True Grit. Mm. Mr. Cogburn, in your four years as U.S. Marshal, how many men have you shot? Shot or killed? Let us restrict it to killed so that we may have a manageable figure. Mr. Cogburn? What do you want, girl? I'm looking for the man who killed my father. Man's name is Tom Cheney, and I need somebody to go after him. What's your name? My name is Maddie Ross. Are you some kind of law? I'm a Texas Ranger. I know Cheney. It is at least a two-man job taking him alive. Marshal Cogburn? Can we depart this afternoon? We. Oui. I'm going with you. Congratulations, you've graduated from marauder to wet nurse. He's being followed. What do we do, Marshal? You missed your shot, Cogburn. Just let this go. I thought you were going to say the sun was in your eyes. That is to say, your eye. You got a lot of experience with bounty hunters, do you? That is a silly question. I am 14. You can run on for a long time. Time for you to go home. I don't like you. I will not go back, not without Cheney, dead or alive. You gotta cut you down. Cheney's here! Help me, Marshal! Now what, Cogburn? Them boys don't think about the wrath that's about to set down on it. Cheney and this gang are a rough lot. I do not regret shooting your father. Girl. Biggest mistake you ever made. Help me! 
I can do nothing for you, son. Sweet. Uh, yeah, True Grit, to me, was just a cool movie. Yeah, that movie is fantastic. Uh, I I got really uh, pumped for it uh, because the, the, what I like about the Coen brothers is immediately when you sit down and watch their movie, no matter what genre it's in, no matter what time period it's in, you can tell it's a Coen brothers movie. And in that movie, uh, at the beginning, where they're zooming in on the dead body, you know it's a Coen brothers movie, just yeah. the way that it's shot – the way it starts and on that language and that's the language a movie that, like halfway through that movie there was a quiet moment and i sort of got i got pulled out of the movie for a second and i just realized like i could watch this movie with my eyes shut and still be entertained because it was it's just so beautiful to listen to i agree it's it's such a cool movie and jeff bridges again it's seriously he's been on a roll lately yeah i mean he's always been a pretty good actor but with that movie it's it's another level. It's another level because it, the scene where he's being questioned in the courthouse oh. is so radical, yeah. and I and I'm so ill prepared. I the little what's the, do you know the name of the actress who's the girl in that movie? No, I was just looking at it last night because um, <laughs> I watched a video today of her doing a commercial for clothes at Target that she was in like <laughs> years ago, or no Kmart. It was a Kmart commercial. And so I, I can see the name in my head, but I don't I don't remember it. Uh, but but I can uh, say she's fantastic she's in that amazing. movie. Yeah, uh, I, it's one of those things that like I heard somebody say that that every fourteen year old girl needs to go out and see this movie, and I would I would kind of agree. I mean, there's I guess there's some violence in it, but it's PG thirteen. Yeah, and it, the, I mean the violence is I mean the the close range shot to the face was the most violent thing in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and but it, it needs to be there. That exactly. Yeah. But you know that whole movie, even the little parts in it. Whether it's Josh Brolin as the main villain, or Barry Pepper, who I thought was great <laughs> in that movie, yeah. you know, and Matt Damon again, and he's playing like a Western take on his uh, character in The Informant, yeah. which that movie was okay, but Matt Damon was awesome in that movie, right. yeah. Uh, and again, I'm a big fan of Matt Damon, and I it, it's the same thing with Ben Affleck. I do like Ben Affleck a lot, and but you know, just that whole movie just was, was cool, and I. I was Brad. I don't think really enjoyed it, but I mean, I was watching it. And I'm like, this movie is freaking rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fantastic. And um, uh, oh, the, the there are two things about that movie. It's actually a little higher on my list, but there are two things about that movie that I don't like. Um, and it's it's the same thing that I always do with Coen Brother movies, where there's it's so close to perfect that when there's something a little bit wrong, I I, I get nitpicky. I have hmm. the, I have the same problem with No Country. There's a shot in that movie I don't like. <laughs> That's how picky I am. But um, the two things are, one, uh, somebody needs to tell the Coen brothers to stop using CG animals because every time that they use CG animals, it pulls me out of the movie. <laughs> it looks terrible. And in this one, it's the worst. Um, the, it's the snakes at the end. And yeah. They're, just, they're awful. Uh, See, that's he, a, uh, Brad told me that's the most effective scene in the movie for him. I mean, it creeped me out at first, but then when you saw them too much, yeah. it's because, you know, the Coen brothers are, are big, but they still don't have... They're still making maybe forty million dollar movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know the budget on this one, but I, I'd I say it's pretty it's probably pretty close to that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when they do CG, it 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 never quite works right. Um, and the other thing is just that I think the ending sort of falls a little flat. Uh, that last scene it does really end really punch. abruptly. Yeah, it, the last scene just doesn't have the punch that it needs to have. It needs like that that piece of dialogue is probably straight out of the book, but I would have wanted them to to rewrite it and make it something that like either had me in tears or inspired by the end. And yeah. 
but the movie's radical. Oh, like, no, it's, it's, it is. It's fantastic. It's, I mean, yeah. it's the kind of movie that I could recommend any anyone go see. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a movie I can't uh, wait to get on DVD. And surprisingly funny. Yeah. I did not expect to be laughing through the first hour of that yep. movie. But anyway. Yeah, so that's uh, that's my number eight. Uh, Brad's number eight is Jackass 3D. This isn't the best idea ever. <laughs> when Time Magazine called 3D the future of movies. Yeah! Three, two, one! We doubt this is what they had in mind. You're taking it to a whole other level. Yep. Look pretty happy about it. Santa did have a couple last night, so uh, this ain't gonna feel too good. How much I been? Have five. <laughs> you know, it's you. You can't really fall because it may be the funniest movie of the year. No, yeah, I can't. Um, I mean, it, I ended up choosing not to put it on my list at all, my whole top twenty, because I think uh, there's something about. I I don't even see it as a movie. I guess, point. yeah. Um, but yeah, I it was fantastic. You know, it's it's one of those things that the thing I ended up talking the most about was not any one specific trick that made me laugh or that I thought was particularly gross. It was more. Uh, watching how much older those guys have gotten. Oh, yeah. And watching how quickly they got tired and how quickly they gave <laughs> up on, on things. Because it used to be if they did something and they messed up and hurt themselves, they would keep at it until they either got it to work or had hurt everyone. Yeah. And then in this one, it was like, well, oh, that, that could be dangerous. Let's not <laughs> yeah. keep doing it. Which I, I mean, you know, um, what's his name? The, the main guy now pees into a catheter every day. Like, those guys have beat themselves up so bad that <laughs> I expect that. Yeah, so it's it's a really funny movie, yeah. and uh, again, it's maybe the only movie this year I saw where uh, 3D was actually effective. Yeah, um, I, I haven't seen Tron, which is we'll I talk just, we'll talk about it later because yeah. it's on here. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's a funny movie, and I can make you can make the argument it's the funniest movie that came out this year because I was laughing the whole time in the movie. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. It's it's the kind of funny that doesn't require any writing, so exactly. I don't know. It loses it, it loses a little respect for me. That's all. Cool. Well, uh, we can go to your number seven, sir. All right. Well, my number seven is a little maybe maybe the smallest indie film on my list. Uh, it's one called Winter's Bone. Way down in Missouri, where I heard this melody, the old folks were humming. The banjos were strumming so sweet and low. Mike Satterfield, A1 Bonds. 
What is it you want? We hold the bond on Jessup Dolly. He didn't show for court. That ain't no run. Jessup signed over everything. If he doesn't show a trial, see, the way the deal works is y'all gonna lose his house here and got some place to go. I'll find him. Girl, I've been looking. I said I'll find him. You see, the law was out here hunting Jessup. You know where he's at? I wouldn't tell him nothing if I did. I really gotta run Dad down to get him to show. You ought not do that. Dad's your only brother. I don't know where he's at, and I ain't gonna go around asking after him neither. Who might you be? I'm Ree. My dad's Jessup Dolly. You ain't here for trouble, are you? I got a real bad need to talk to him. Talking just causes witnesses. How long before we get kicked off our own property? I reckon y'all got this place about another week. The law found Jessup's car. Somebody set fire to it. He wasn't in it. Do you know those people going around saying you best shut up? People you want to listen to. Get out of the truck. Put your hands where I can see them. Is this going to be our time? There's stuff that you're going to have to get over being scared of. Get off! Don't hurt my sister! Get in the house! warned and you wouldn't listen why didn't you listen damn it i wanted to see this movie so bad yeah. and it was playing actually at uh one of the big movie theaters around my house and i kept on meaning to go see it and i never saw it and it just because it, it sounds kind of like i didn't even know it came out yeah and then i was reading how great it was and uh, maybe you can elaborate uh, what the story's about and what makes it so great um it's a uh... It's one for for one thing. You can get it. It's at Redbox. You can go get it there. That's how I got it. Cause yeah, it was really easy to miss, um, and I hadn't even heard about it until it was already already out on DVD. But um, it's a it's a girl who's living, I believe, in Kentucky or someplace like that, sort of in the 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 rural South or you know that section of America, and uh, her dad her dad uses their house as like he puts it up for his bail bond and then he runs uh because he's been cooking meth or whatever mm-hmm. and she has she knows that he's hiding somewhere in their neighborhood and so she has to go and find him in in this little section of the state uh so that she can get him to go back to jail so that they can keep their house um it's a it's a really like it's it's a slow burn but it's always really tense, mm-hmm. um, and none of the characters are as simple as they seem. Uh, specifically, there's an uncle in that movie that when you first meet him, you think he's the biggest jackass on the planet, and then as the story sort of unfolds, you find out that there's more going on. Uh, really great movie, thrilling. There's a disturbing section near the end where she's forced to do something, and you don't even see it, just the idea of what it is she's having to do. You're like, this, oh, this mm-hmm. is wrong. Um, great movie though. I've been reading a lot about that movie, and they're saying it could be this year's Hurt Locker, where yeah. it's kind of small, but it has the opportunity to go home with a lot of awards because of how great the movie is. Yeah, and I mean, if we're making the comparison, I I enjoyed it a lot more. I don't. Um, it doesn't shoot to be anything. You know, it's not trying to say anything. It's not 
uh, trying to be like a big action movie. It's just very subtle and quiet and does what it does very Again, well. sometimes those movies are good. You know, um, sometimes you need to take a step back and just appreciate writing yeah. and um, acting. And oh, then, yeah. And the, 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 the little girl, well, I mean, she's not a little girl. She's, I don't know, probably 17 or 18, but does an amazing job. Because she has to carry the entire movie, basically. And that's no tall order. I mean, it, it seems this year, though, I, I, as how disappointing the movies might be, a lot of young actors have really blossomed and being oh, able yeah. to carry movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, my top three all have a uh, a character who was at some point known for being a child actor and is mm-hmm. now, you know, one of the greats. Yeah, that's always fun, you know, yeah. seeing the progression for sure. Okay, uh, another uh, my my other one is kind of a wild card. I, this year, I, it seems like I have more wild cards because of the landscape. But uh, number seven for me is Despicable Me. Because, you know, I, I picked this movie because, when again, when I was at it, I was just having fun watching it. And it's a, it's a silly movie, but, again, it's the, like the little mini guys in it are just hilarious. And they're always doing funny things. And the movie had a, a cute little heart to it. Uh, we're trying to win over a supervillain. We're now being a supervillain is really cool. You yeah. know, I didn't see Megamind because, I, I to me... This it, looks like the better of those two, to be yeah. sure. And I, I just enjoyed the movie, and it was really cute, and the... the uh, Steve Carell, where you think uh, because he's doing a weird accent that maybe his charm wouldn't come through. But again, it, it, it speaks volumes to his ability to be an actor, where you still like the character of Gru, who's a villain and trying to overtake things. And it has a. And it's not only for kids, there's adult things in it. One of the funniest things that I laughed at, that I was the only one in the theater who laughed at it, <laughs> is he goes to the supervillain bank to get a loan to get a, a rocket to the moon. 
And uh, it says, like, the Bank of Supervillains, formerly known as Lehman Brothers. <laughs> to me, that's funny. Yeah. You know, and uh, clever little things like that. And, again, it's a it's a smaller animated movie. I was looking at it. It cost $60 million to make. And, I mean, obviously it's not the best animated movie of the year because mine is a little higher up on my list. <laughs> but, you know, it didn't look like it. And yeah. it's just a fun movie. And, I, I, again, I miss movies like that every once in a while. And it's fun to get lost in kind of movies like that. Yeah, this was one that like I I can't disagree with any of the things that you said, <laughs> but for some reason did not connect with me at all. And I walked out of that movie like just not even I, I I don't remember having any actual fun with that movie for no. some reason. But but everybody I talked to really loves it. So um, yeah, you know you find know. movies like that every once in a while. Uh, I'm sure there's something on Brad's or your list. I think why is that even on there? Yeah, but that's what's great about movies is they appeal to every type of person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so mine's Despicable Me. Uh, number seven for Brad is actually, we've already talked about it, it's Exit Through the Gift Shop. So, again, Brad is, uh, if you can't tell from last year's and this year, Brad <laughs> really likes to go to the Mayan and see those independent movies. And uh, those are his favorite kind of, usually are his favorite kind of movies. And so it's cool that we have that kind of difference because mostly my favorite kind of movies are the big uh blockbusters unless they're transformers then i don't give a shit about those i love me some transformers <laughs> I, I still need to see gi joe which you know you keep on saying is like it's a, awful it's yeah. awful but like a movie that you enjoy watching because it's so bad <laughs> yeah um yeah. so that's that's the next step for me so yeah exo through the gift shop is brad's seventh you it's touched on it yeah, and I, I can't say anything about it but you like it so since it's on both your list i think i have to see it now yeah for sure uh so now we're to you on number six sir well my number six is another repeat number six is where i put true grit Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, the same things we just said. It's fantastic. <laughs> just a cool movie. Can't, yeah. Like, I um, mean, we just talked about it, but like the movie's cool. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I love Matt Damon. I shouldn't say it because it's the end of the movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But the, the movie's cool. Like, yes, it, you yes. know, it's, I, I, and I it's, it's, yeah. That's all I can say about it is the movie's cool. <laughs> you know, it's hard to talk about because you don't want to spoil anything, but yeah. It's really good. Uh, we'll tell you that the story is this girl's uh, father's murdered, and she hires Rooster Cogburn to go and catch him, and she accompanies Rooster him. Rooster fucking Cogburn. And how you know what we didn't tell, talk about though? Because uh, I just remembered it. How bizarre was it when Matt Damon put her over his knee and started spanking her? It was a little weird. It was. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of weird stuff in them. You know, there's a man in a bear suit. <laughs> yeah. And I, read, I, I, you know, I was looking at. I still haven't seen the original True Grit. It's one of my list of shame movies. Um, <laughs> But I was looking at it online recently. They changed the eye patch. Eye patch was on the on the opposite really? side in this movie. Yeah, I don't know if that's a book thing. Maybe they got it wrong in the first movie, or just wanted it to be different. You know, someday reason, we'll have to get the original True Grit and we'll watch it together because I haven't seen I'm it either. About, I'm thinking about reading the book. Me so, too. Yeah. That, you know, it's good that movies have got us to read books. I read Youth and Revolt. I want to read True Grit as well. So yeah, uh, go go movies for books. Go reading. Sweet. Right. Uh, number six for me is one we haven't talked about. It's MacGruber! Loaded up. He's the world's deadliest villain. He's ruthless. No speak Russian. And brilliant. Straight flush. Damn it! I'm gonna turn Washington, D.C. into a pile of ash. He's known only as Dieter. And until now, he's been unstoppable. What the world needs is a hero who's so top secret, we don't even know his full name. Hello, MacGruber. 
Don't worry, this is just like Nicaragua. I got shot in Nicaragua. This is nothing like Nicaragua. My name is McGruber. Capital M. A. C. Capital G. R. U. B. E. I. I like stupid movies every once in a while. Yeah. And sometimes movies don't get any stupider than McGruber. <laughs> but to me, though, you know it. It's so funny, though, because it's so stupid. And Laura hates this movie with a passion. Yeah. Um, but I, I always pick on her for it and say it's still better than Sex in the City. Probably. Uh, but, you know, again, the movie's funny. You laugh the whole time. It doesn't take itself seriously, uh, which I really appreciate. And it just has stupid lines. And I think it actually is going to develop a cult following where years from now people are going to sit down and watch it and they're going to be quoting lines from the movie from forever. And um, it's not in Brad's top ten, but he actually has it as an honorable mention. Because hmm. um, me and Brad thought it was really funny. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it got the stigma of a Saturday Night Live skit because... Well, it is a Saturday Night Live It is. Skit. But, you know, some people were turned off from the movie because of what it was. That's definitely why I didn't go see it. Because um, I've never been a big SNL fan. Uh, and especially sort of that that cast. I, I love Kristen Wiig, but... To me, the worst thing Kristen Wiig has ever done is everything she's done on SNL. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's hard to me you for me have, to... You don't have to defend it. You I, know, because I understand why people don't like it, because you're really... It, the MacGruber character is stupid. Yeah. And so the movie has to be stupid. Right. So... You, if you get past it and you just enjoy it, it's funny. It's really funny. And I think, I think the other reason why it didn't really connect with anybody, I mean, as I remember, <laughs> anybody, the, I think it made close like six million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, there was also a problem with when they released it. But uh, for me, the first thing that I heard when people would talk about it was actually like, well, MacGruber is like a twenty-year-old joke. Like, how long has it been since MacGyver was on yeah. TV? Why are we making like it, it's like the vampire suck that should have come out. 15 yeah. years ago um, but yeah I agree so yeah you should I think people should watch group where I think they'll actually laugh I'll and have fun you know. Um, you know I have it so if you want to borrow it not pen to it'll spend come money up on, on instant when it gets on the internet <laughs> then I'll watch it. it it's it's silly and I you'll laugh it, maybe I don't know maybe maybe we'll see <laughs> you know I, I got it for my brother for Christmas and he hasn't said anything to me about it so chances are he didn't like it. <laughs> usually I end up enjoying everything but yeah uh, Brad's number six, as you said, it was a movie from last year. He has Mystery Team on here. Excuse me, is this the principal's office? Come in, Jason. I am not Jason. I am Jason's father. Jason, 
take off the mustache. We meet again, old friend. We're the mystery team. My name's Jason, the master of the sky. I'm Duncan, the boy genius. And I'm Charlie, the strongest kid in town. All we need is one big case before people start respecting us again. Like they did when we were seven. People respect us. Fuck yourselves! Faggots. Hi, are you the mystery team? What can we do for you, ma'am? Just fill out this form real quick. Can you find out who killed my parents? The mystery team doesn't solve murders. <laughs> kidding? What does it say on our sign? We'll also work for fruit roll-ups. The other sign. Cops have to follow the rules. We only have to follow our own rules. Find the clues, solve the case, no comic books in bed. We need our rest. We are mature and legitimate detectives. Oh, what the hell is that smell? I drank dog urine. Did we lose him? Keep running! Ah! Oh, dude, did you fuck this bread? Hi, we'd like to buy some cocaine. 200 for an eight ball. Do we need eight? You know, let's treat ourselves. You're right. Let's get eight balls. Yeah, looks like we've got a long night of cocaine ahead of us. Now, do we have to sign something? That's not detective stuff! I'm not a real detective! I'm finishing this case. Hey, you guys want to get dry fucked? No, we're okay. Yeah, we're good. Which I haven't seen, I, so... I'm pretty damn sure Mystery Team was last year. I remember... Voting for it to come to town, uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really sad if it was actually from this year because if so, it should have been on my list. Uh, and I, I haven't g- seen I gave it. him shit last year because he put doubt on his list yeah. last year, and I was like, that was not from last year. But uh, I'll have to look that up when I get home. Cool. Uh, yeah, I haven't great, seen it. Great movie. Is it? Uh, yeah, H- hilarious. Uh, I'm a I'm now a, a huge fan of of Community, which is the show that. Uh, Donald Glover is on, and mm-hmm. he's sort of the main character from Mystery Team. Um, the, yeah, the, the movie's fantastic. Do you know what the premise is? I do not. Oh, the premise is sort of like uh, these three kids who are sort of the outsider, nerdy kids in their town. When they were little, they started a a mystery team where they would solve mysteries in their town. And now they're grown up, and they're about ready to go to college. And so it's sort of like it's sort of like Scooby Doo only without a dog. Like, they're just these weird, poorly adjusted kids who then take on a murder mystery. And so the the sort of setup is that every every next scene is them getting into deeper trouble. At one so it's point, like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it's like Scooby-Doo, <laughs> only at one point they are, like, in a strip club trying to gotcha. be with, like, some mobster dude or, listen, or you know, listening on his conversations. It's really good. You should see it. I will see it. Um, so, yeah, we're on to you, number right. five, I believe. My number five is the movie that's actually the best 3D movie of the year, How to Train Your Dragon. Welcome to Dragon Training. Today, you will learn to fight dragons. Pain. Love it. Let's get started. You should come by sometime to work out. You look like you work out. I guess it's just you and me, huh? No, just you. Huh? Focus, Hiccup! Can I transfer to the class with the cool Vikings? (laughs) (laughs) 
anyone ever tried to train a dragon? No one's ever left to tell the tale. It's okay. I'm not gonna hurt you. Let's see if this works. We're gonna take this nice and slow. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. It's okay. You just scared him. I scared him? Everything we know about them is wrong. Let me show you. Either we finish them, or they'll finish us. Fire! We don't have to fight them. Whoa. Cool. Go, baby! No matter how this ends, it ends today. What are you going to do? Something crazy. I'm in. Me too. Sign me up. I love this plan. Go. Train your dragon. <laughs> it's like the size of my. Oh, get it off! In 3D. Yes, I haven't seen it, and I I'm really disappointed that I haven't because you were you've been telling me since it came out that I need to see this movie. And if I remember correctly, I think there's only two movies that are higher rated on the Tomato Meter than that movie from this year. From this year, yeah, I, I would expect. I think that. it's at ninety six percent or something like that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, this movie is fantastic. Um, I don't usually expect much from DreamWorks movies, mm -hmm. uh, and I certainly, I actually remember I wasn't going to go see this movie because I thought like it's going to be. I know the story, whatever. Yeah. But then the reviews when it came out were like astounding, and that weekend I felt like going to see a movie. Uh, and then I wasn't going to see it in 3D, and then I was like, oh, why not? You know, just give it a shot. Amazing. Really? The, the 3D, yeah. I've, and I've said this before, but uh, if something is actually flying, and since this is a movie about dragons, there's a lot of flying in this movie, the 3D kind of works. It's actually really fun. And, gotcha. And, and I, there, were, there are times in this movie where I feel like it adds something to what I'm seeing. That's awesome. Which because is the only time that's ever happened. There's to me. so many times. I think right now 3D is so misused, and I think it's really unnecessary. Yeah. I've never, even Avatar, when I went to that movie, I really didn't sit there and say, you know what? 3D, yes, I want to no. see it. Piranha 3D, close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, Piranha 3D was using it as part of the joke. Exactly. So it's not like. It was adding to the movie, but only the comedy. It wasn't adding to the storytelling at all. Yeah, so that's awesome, you know, because there there's, hasn't been a movie where I'm, I've thought, you know, I need to see this in 3D. I have to see this in 3D. Yeah. And, and there hasn't been. You know, what I said before is true. Like, it, you know the story. You've seen the story before, but it does it really well. Um, and it's also got, it's got Craig Ferguson in it. And not just as a little scene at the beginning. Craig Ferguson is through, like, most of the movie. Really? Yeah, and he's hilarious. Uh, the, it's great. You should see it. It's Laura's convinced that he's an alcoholic because she has high mm -hmm. definition TV, and when she watches it, they, she says you can tell on the makeup that his skin's yellow. I don't well, know, or red, or something. I don't know what she's he's very. I'll, I'll I'll link her the YouTube video because he used to be an alcoholic, and there was an amazing opening uh, monologue that he did around. There was some other celebrity that got in trouble for drinking, and he did this monologue about that when he was an alcoholic and what hmm. it did to his life and. 
Um, I, I think he just recently wrote a book that that's a, a big part of. Interesting. Yeah. She'd probably like to read that book, too. She likes that kind of shit. She does. <laughs> well, no, because this is about a man. Oh, yeah. So if it was like bitch or something. <laughs> oh, uh, she's not going to listen to this. Uh, yeah. Um, Luckily, she doesn't love me enough to listen to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Cool. Uh, my number five is Kick-Ass. Nobody's ever tried to be a superhero. Well, I don't know. Probably because it's impossible. Putting on a mask and helping people? How's that impossible? Dude, if anybody did it in real life, they'd get their ass kicked. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just standing around, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I was just a regular guy. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, my only superpower <laughs> oh. was being invisible to girls. <laughs> the comic books had it wrong. You don't need a power to be a superhero. Leave him alone! It's none of your business! Yes, it is. Hey, there's a dude just like a superhero out there fighting a bunch of guys. Who are you? I'm Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass has become the latest internet phenomenon. This is awesome. It's actually pretty good. You should call himself Ass Kick instead. <laughs> He's inspired a wave of real-life superheroes. Tool up, honey bunny. It's time to get bad guys. You want to go fight some crime? Let's see what you can do. This guy comes out of nowhere. This would be the guy that looks like Batman. They tell me one guy killed eight of my men tonight? I gotta send a public service message that being a superhero is bad for your health. So you wanna play? Who are you? I'm Hit Girl. And that's Big Daddy. Kick-ass. Red mist. Oh, that kind of hurt. Yeah. I think I'm in love with her, dude. I want this place locked down. Nobody comes in, nobody goes out. It's a little kid. Oh, yeah. You see that, did you? That's right. We're superheroes. You love us. <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah. A very good choice. Uh, I is of just a, a fun movie, and it's like a lot of Mark Miller, the comic book writer. Uh, stories where it starts off as the heroes get their ass kicked and then they rally and then they kick some more ass. Yeah. And uh, again, we're talking about Chloe Mortiz who's in this um, movie who's in Let Me In and, and a young actress who is an amazing actress. You get to hear her say cunt. Yep. And you know... Which was a big deal. I'm not a big fan of Nicolas Cage, but he's radical in that movie. He is really good. Because how else can you shoot a girl close range in the chest and people laugh? Oh, that scene is amazing. And I mean, it's in the it's in the book too. Have you read the book? I have. Okay, because I mean, that's why it's not in my top ten. It's in my top twenty. Uh, I was a little disappointed because I think every choice that they made to change it from the book hurts it story wise. Huh. I, I think I was I was actually moved by the book, which I don't think most people were. But there's a certain reveal when you find out what's in the briefcase that is completely different in the movie, where 
but in the book, when I read it, I thought like, oh man, like this is this is amazing, and was so excited to see that in the movie that then when they just sort of watered it down to be an action movie, I was like, eh, it's all right. Well, you know why but they did that really though. Did you, have you do you have the Blu-ray? No, no. I was watching the special features, and they finished writing that movie before he finished writing the book. Yeah, and so they had to finish it, and a lot That's of it has to do bad. with Mark Miller because he, he's notorious for having big events, and then he has like a year between the second to last issue and the last issue. Yeah. Um, well, and it makes me wonder if that means that he didn't really have everything planned out, because I, I would feel like that reveal would be something that you would know at yeah. the time, but at the same time, maybe not. And trying to you know separate it, but yeah, I mean, there's um, scenes in that movie that just are so awesome, yeah. uh, and you know, the girl from How I Met Your Mother is in it. the The daughter is the yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I didn't put that together until recently. Yeah. It's how, it's actually how you know that they're using stock footage on How I Met Your Mother. Exactly. A few seasons ago, they just filmed those kids sitting there. That's why yep. they never talk anymore. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, she looks completely different in that movie. Yeah, but that movie was cool. I, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And is a Nicolas Cage that I miss because, yeah. you know, I miss him from Con Air and I miss yeah. Face Off where he can just be <laughs> loony. And, you know, he... Sometimes I think he tries too hard, and and obviously he needs money, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And so he does um, poor career choices like uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I never saw. I think uh, I think I don't give cri- uh, Kickass enough credit for being as as ballsy and unique as it is. Yeah. There's there's not another movie like that, and it's it's a shame that it did so poorly at the box office because um, I, I wish that more movies could be made outside of the system. The way again, it's them. a tough sell. You know, it's it, yeah. It, like another movie on my list is a tough sell. Well, and it's part. It's a. It's a big. It's a lot in the way that they advertise that movie. I think that the the fact that they did sort of that people coming out of the theater. What do they say about Kick Ass? Kind of mm-hmm. advertising is yeah. the worst. Yeah, like, I where, agree. Whereas they could have just shown the action from the movie, did some ADR to cover up the language, and and sold that as a cool action movie. Yeah. And it, they, it would have been good. I think they were really afraid of. I um, think they're really afraid of Hit Girl. I mean, uh, yeah, they're afraid of Hit Girl uh, because it's offensive but fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> it, it's offensive uh, they're, in they're a good afraid, way. They're afraid because the, we're, you're talking about a a sort of anti comic book movie at the time when there are a lot of comic book movies. Yeah, and you don't want families going to this movie. You don't want sort of a backlash against it. Yeah, I can see that too for sure. So yeah, um, kick ass, Big kicks movie. ass. <laughs> um, Brad's number five is I'm actually surprised it's this low because it's actually my number one movie of the year, and it's Inception. There's one thing you should know about me. I specialize in a very specific type of security. Subconscious security. You're talking about dreams? Mr. Cobb has a job offer he would like to discuss with you. What kind of work placement? Not exactly. We create the world of the dream. We bring the subject into that dream, and they fill it with their secrets. Then you break in and steal it. Well, it's not strictly speaking legal. It's called Inception. I'm ready. I think I found a way home. 
And this last job, that's how I get there. Dreams feel real while we're in them. It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. It's also your responsibility. You're not prepared for this. I need to see out of control. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. He just wanted to get. He just wanted, he wanted to his, he, his, yeah. he, he wanted to steal my thunder. He wanted us to talk about the movie on his time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Inception to me is a movie that has an ending where there is no answers, and so it's a movie that never ends to me. Yeah, and it's it's an amazing piece of uh, cinema, and in a year where the movies didn't really stand out. There's some movies that totally stood out to me, yeah. and that was definitely one of them. Absolutely, I mean that that hotel scene in the in the hallway is going to be it's going to be iconic one of the most memorable scenes i've ever seen in theaters for my whole life yeah and it's okay. going to be iconic for ever yeah. i mean anytime you see um an article about inception or it's online they always have that scene yeah, where yeah, uh yeah. joseph gordon love you know he's hanging on the side and yeah or and what's crazy is is that there's nothing that's not new the way that they did that shot the sort of like the wire works inside of a, a moving set. That's not a new idea, but it's done so well and tonally and the way that it fits in with the whole movie is so impressive that it makes it stand out. It's it's actually the same thing that he did with uh, The Dark Knight where, I've pointed this out before, but in X-Men 3, there's the same shot where the sort of a truck is upended from the front. Yes. You know, so it goes over the cab of the truck. Yeah. It's the same scene, but it's not shot as well and it's it's not as you, important in that movie. And it's and, and in Dark Knight it works perfectly. It's the same thing in Inception where that hallway scene, <laughs> that kind of shot is not new, but it's done in such a way and it's important. Exactly. And I'm not taking anything from Brett Ratner. He's more creative than I am. <laughs> but you can see the difference in the level of filmmaking. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, Christopher Nolan is an, a brilliant filmmaker, and uh, I mean, you're, that scene is a perfect example where Brett Ratner makes a big action scene, and you know, it's the, the truck's tumbling over, and it's, it's whatever. It's, but it's yeah, you know, it's, it's in the movie. But The Dark Knight, the way it's shot, the way it sounds, and the same thing. You're right with the, in what, the hotel. I mean, you see it in the Matrix, yeah, and stuff like that. But I mean, it's done so much better. Yeah with uh nolan and to them that movie to me it was for some reason christopher nolan has the ability anytime i watch his movies whether it's the prestige batman begins memento any of his movies i I always leave them i'm like wow it sticks with me yeah there's just moments and you just point out a truck flipping over in the dark night sticks with you yeah uh as simple as the the van crashing in the water and the water rushing over Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio's head that scene sticks with me yeah and you know they're or they're in the the snow and like just the ability of him as a filmmaker to capture moments uh, to put them on screen 
And to get the best work, I think, out of Leonardo DiCaprio I've ever seen. Probably, yeah. But the, the scene where he's... I mean, I, I'm a fan of Leonardo me DiCaprio. Me too. I'm a big and, fan. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those guys where, for some reason, I always wanted to not like him. Yes. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you see his movies like... Uh, one of his my favorite movies of his that isn't for some reason isn't as well regarded and i don't have no idea why is catch me if you can oh, i was just gonna say i hope you say catch me if you because can. i you know there's this part in that movie where you just get like all jazz the part where tom hanks comes in and uh leo like tricks him into thinking that he's not who he is yeah like, like paper yeah oh man and so you know he's one of those guys i don't know why i've always wanted to not like him but every titanic yeah titanic it totally is. but every time i see him in a movie i'm like this guy is a great actor and the departed he's fantastic in he's fantastic in this movie he's it's it's funny i kind of feel like his character in inception and his character at least what happens to the characters with his character in shutter island Mm -hmm. similar shutter island isn't even on my list it's not either uh, because it's not even Uh, that good no and that's not leonardo caprio's fault because he's still good he's still good in the movie no he's fantastic in that movie uh the 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 problem with that movie and it's not even the directing because i think scorsese shoots that movie beautifully yeah but the the writing in it is god awful and it's not it's again it's not really the writer's fault either but i i knew what was happening yeah from the trailers and when i saw it i believe i called that movie one of my disappointments of the year i think i said that you know it's funny scorsese uh films the movie beautifully like an amateur i i've i've sort of accused that of being the first time that anybody showed him a a a genre script exactly and he was like whoa this is really crazy i didn't know you could do this kind of movies and then he did it and he did it the way that we have seen before and it looks good but it's not new you know i do have a little note that i wrote for myself that we're going to talk about disappointments and i have that on there too as a matter of fact but back to inception you know it's you you ask you can ask any person and they have a different way of interpreting the ending to that movie and again it goes back to the filmmaking it goes back to the writing and for some reason christopher nolan has the ability to do that and i don't think he he doesn't have a bad movie and all his movies are just they make you think on a different level because now with inception now people are like well can you make a, you obviously you can make a summer blockbuster movie that is a thinking man's movie yeah. that's still big i was just gonna say like I, the thing that is a miracle to me about that movie is that it is it's it's essentially an action film but it's an action film about guilt and and it, you know the the sort of heart of that story about you know him and his wife mm-hmm. is heavy and touching and it's it's something that you wrestle with in the way that you would wrestle with a regular drama movie that's just like you know nicole kidman and some other dude and like they're having marriage problems exactly it's it's on that (laughs) it's on that level exactly because only almost more impactful somehow you know the the way he shoots it too because i mean you're in the part where i mean it's in all the the trailers is when the cliffs are falling but it's you know buildings yeah that's his 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 mind falling apart yeah and you're just like you know what to have the ability to put that on screen and make it cool is an amazing feat and that's why he's going to go down as one of the best directors ever oh absolutely because he's starting to get into that spielberg area where he can make a movie and people are going to go see it unless he makes amistad yes. then no one will yeah, see yeah, it yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah and i would almost say that well it, it's too early to say whether or not he's better than spielberg he can pull off endings better than spielberg yes to be sure uh, though actually this one like I, I really like this movie, but maybe the thing that keeps it from being my number one, it's mm-hmm. close, but the thing that keeps it from being my number one is sort of the, the controversy and the talk about the ending. Yeah. Because uh, for, it, it, for me, it only works one way, which is, you know, probably the way it should be, the mm-hmm. way you interpret the movie should be that there's really a, you know, movies well, like, I'm sure movies you can like s- Donnie Darko where you can, 
I, you know, I feel like I can see, I can read it any way that I want to. Yeah. It's not really as interesting as like, I am, I'm stuck in one way of reading Inception. Sure. And I like the other way, any other ways. You know, you can go ahead and spill it. I'm sure everybody's seen the movie. Oh, I'm sure. I, I mean, so, I, I'm so, not trying to talk yeah. about what, what do you, how do you interpret the ending? I'm just curious. Well, as, as far I've as I'm concerned, I don't think there's any way. Um, I, I think the way that the end of the movie is shot says that he has not woken up. I think um, so too. And um, to me, the shot in the movie is—it actually takes place at the very beginning, where he tells Ellen Page that you can't have anybody touch this object because you're the one who knows how's you're the one who knows how much it weighs. You're the one who how knows how it feels. Yeah. So if someone touches it, it taints it. And at the very beginning of the movie, the first thing that's set on the table is the top that he uses. And so to me, he's stuck because he can't get out because someone else has yeah torn that reality from him. Well, and um, I mean the whole the whole totem thing in general is misleading because the person who came up with the totem is somebody who ended up going insane. So we can't ever even be sure that the totem exactly. is reliable in the first uh, place. Laura says that the whole movie's a dream. Like he's. I don't. I don't think that. See, I don't think so either. Yeah. But uh, uh, I mean, I. The thing about the ending with me actually has to do with the fact that Chris Nolan has talked about it and has come mm. out and said sort of what he thinks the ending is, and it's not that. Hmm. Um, he's talked about the fact that he thinks that the... I guess the shot of the children at the end of the movie, those are not the same children, that they are a little huh. bit older, but not by much, so it's hard to even tell the difference, which to me is like, well, <laughs> you didn't... That's not fair, you know? Uh, but I don't know. It's, it is it is fantastic. The The, the movie is... Yeah, and almost it, perfect. And, and you can say tell that me and you enjoy the movie because I think we talked about it for like fifteen minutes. Oh, I'm sure, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. Um, it so deserves it. It, and it abso- deserves to absolutely. be higher than five. Yeah, absolutely, come on, Brad, you're killing us. <laughs> um, so we're on your four. My correct? number four, yes. Uh, my number four is Toy Story three. Andy's going to college. Can you believe it? What are you going to do with these old toys? Okay, calm down, guys. Let's just keep this in perspective. Where is she taking us? I should have seen this coming. We'll be fine, Jesse. Oh, I hate all this uncertainty. (laughs) New toys! Buzz Lightyear, at your service. Welcome to Sunnyside, folks. You'll find being donated was the best thing that ever happened to you. (gasps) May I? <laughs> Who's Velocistar 237? Oh, that, that's just a dinosaur toy down the street. That's nothing. Let me just take care of that. Just a dinosaur. Ken, we got guests. So, who's ready for Ken's dream tour? Let's show our new friends where they'll be staying. Uh, folks, if you want to step right this way. I'm Ken. Barbie. Love your leg warmers. Nice ascot. We can have a whole new life here, Woody. We're Andy's toys. Hey, what do you guys think of the new recruits? Any keepers? Out plays. That space guy. He could be useful. Oh, I want to get played with. Uh, Rex. They just love new toys now, don't they? Oh, it was cold and dark. Nothing but sand and a couple of Lincoln logs. Hey, I don't think those were Lincoln logs. You got a play date with destiny. He 
He's looking for us. And he's looking for us. Listen up. We're busting out of here. Woody's no ordinary toy. He's brave. We gotta get you home before Andy leaves tomorrow. But the thing that makes Woody special is he'll never give up on you. Ever. Hello? You and your friends ain't ever getting out of here. Ah! And what's important now is we stay together. They'll never make it! Ahead. You would not believe what I've been through tonight. Very nice. Toy Story 3 is number two on mine. Uh, yeah, um, I would have expected it to be high. You always put the big stars really high. This is the year, um, I didn't say this with How to, How to Train Your Dragon, but this is the year that, like if How to Train Your Dragon had come out next year with Cars, it would have been the best. Oh, uh, absolutely. The best animated film of the year for me. But... Toy Story 3, when I saw it, and I spent the last 10 minutes of that movie just bawling, I was like, this is better. Somehow this is better. <laughs> I, it's, it's unbelievable. I can't believe that you, would, that you could make a kid's movie and have it be that heavy, have it be that, that dark. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a scene in that movie where they accept their fate, and they all grab hands and are going to go like into this giant <laughs> fire thing. With, you know, Michael Giacchino's score behind it yeah. is just amazing. And to me, it's... I thought that's how they're going to end the series. I'm like, you're not going to kill these guys. Yeah, I was really... Yeah, I mean, for, for a minute there, I was a little afraid. See, that... Got but that then at t- the same time, Bonnie is the... I've said this before, she's the best thing to happen to that series. Yeah. Because the one thing we've never really seen is we've never... We've seen, like, little bits of Andy playing with the toys, but we've never seen sort of genuine kids playing with toys yeah. scenes and with Bonnie you get that and you yep. sort of you get how children feel about their toys in a way that we never have gotten before you know I think that's um, too why uh, that last scene I mean it was emotional when uh, they're about to die but I thought the, the part that actually wrenched my heart yeah. was when Andy was giving his toys away and he was yes. explaining to her what they were oh, and yeah. I think it's because maybe we grew up with Toy Story yeah absolutely um, and you know uh, the part that I so close to shedding a tear i really don't cry in movies but i can feel it coming yeah uh was when he talked about woody and how how brave woody is and you're like oh he is really brave and and that oh yeah no i was sitting i was sitting between uh i believe a 13 year old and a nine year old (laughs) and i was bawling (laughs) and they were looking at me like james you're 23 (laughs) years old maybe you should grow a pair but what an amazing story yeah and you're you're nervous because i mean i guess i shouldn't be nervous because it's pixar right but because it's toy story 3 and toy story 2 was so brilliant and you're worried that there's some but amazingly i think it's better than toy story 2 uh yeah i would probably say it's at least got more heart um i think that like the the fun action sequences maybe aren't as good but uh but then you're getting really nitpicky yeah too i I think toy story 3 is more about the nostalgia of the toys yeah and you know it just they're just amazing i love woody and yeah. i just love that character and uh so yeah i mean it's number two on my list and i just and you know me because i love pixar movies um and i mean last year my number one movie was up yeah and i, I was it probably should have been mine i'll tell you having, <laughs> having watched it as many times as i have that movie's just fantastic yeah. but you know toy story 3 again the people at pixar are the some of the most creative and amazing artists we have working in cinema today yeah. Where they're able to take something, and it's one of the few times where I was really proud that they told Disney to stick it up their ass 
for the original offer they were offered. Yeah. Was it five, six years ago? Yeah. Um, to buy it. Because you know what? They knew they were worth more. Yeah. And they were going to get a deal from DreamWorks Animation to come start doing their stuff. And then Disney realized that, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't let these guys go. Yeah. I mean, because they are... Every year, they are among the best storytellers. Oh, easy. Like, you know, sure, they're animated films and, and they're for children, sort of, but they're, they're the stories that stick with... I, you know, I'm a grown-up, and those are the stories that stick with me more than anything But, too, else. you know, they're for children, but they insinuate that Ken is gay in that movie. I mean, well, but he ends up with Barbie. Yeah, he does, but... Uh, I mean, he, they <laughs> insinuate that Ken is gay as much as Ken insinuates that he's gay in, really, in real life. Exactly. Like, the idea of what Ken is is kind of gay. And that's why I think <laughs> it's a funny joke to us, yeah. because as a guy, like, dude, that guy's so gay. And, uh, yeah. you know, I-, I laughed so hard at the end when they got a letter from Barbie, but it turned out it was from Ken, and the handwriting was all girly and yeah. had smiley face. Oh, I was laughing so hard. Well, because he probably learned how to write from a little girl. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, Toy Story 3 is fantastic. brilliant. And you, 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 uh, I'll agree with what you said a second ago about, yeah, I was really worried about the fact that they were making another Toy Story, and I wasn't sure if it could be as good, and they certainly lived up to it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, then the problem is then seeing the the trailers for cars 2 next year and just going like wow this is the most generic looking bullshit that i don't want to see it's scary i haven't seen cars it's the only pixar movie i've never seen oh i mean you should it's it's you know mediocre (laughs) (laughs) it's it's certainly the worst of their movies but the worst of their movies is better than most dreamworks (laughs) you know and it's one of the last paul newman movies and so it it yeah some respect though of course now paul newman can't be in the new one which is maybe the one reason why i don't care the most huh anyway Anyways, uh, my number four, as we talked about a while ago, is Let Me In. Again, it's, you know, just a haunting movie that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start whipping through these because Brad's number four is Kick-Ass, and we just literally just talked about that one. Wow. So uh, me and Brad agree on that as well. So we're going to go to your number three now. Well, my number three is not a repeat. All right, right on. My number three is The Social Network. in order to get the attention of the clubs. Why? Because they're exclusive and fun and they lead to a better life. People want to go on the internet and check out their friends, so why not build a website that offers that friends, pictures, profiles. I'm talking about taking the entire social experience of college and putting it online. Site got 2,200 hits within two hours? Thousand. 22,000. This idea is potentially worth millions of dollars. Millions? You stole our website. They're saying we stole the Facebook. I know what it said. So did we? A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. You're going to get left behind. It's moving faster than any of us ever imagined it would behind. Let's sue him in federal court. I can't wait to stand over your shoulder and watch you write us a check. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, you'd have 
even been to Facebook. Is there anything that you need to tell me? Your actions could have permanently destroyed everything I've been working on. We have been working on. Did you like being a joke? Do you want to go back to that? Mark! This is our time. You're being accused of intentionally breaching security, violating copyrights, violating individual privacy. Your best friend is suing you for $600 million. As for the charges, I believe I deserve some recognition from this board. I'm sorry? Yes. I don't understand. Which part? Awesome. I haven't seen it. Oh. Um, I, I, I'm going to because I think it just came out on DVD this week. Yeah. Uh, no, it comes uh, out... Or next week or something. Yeah, it comes out next Tuesday on the 11th. And you know, I, you know Beautiful why... Beautiful Blu-ray. Beautiful. You know why I'm curious to see it? Because uh, Andrew Garfield's in it and he plays the new... He plays Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And, and he's, he's brilliant. He's a great actor. I heard uh, you, I, you sent me that... Uh, you sent me that message and saying that uh, Spider-Man's in good hands. So yeah, as far as as far as the acting is concerned, absolutely, um, the, the he is particularly good. But uh, it, it's funny. I just realized that uh, I just talked about True Grit and how great the dialogue and the language is in that movie. Mm-hmm. And yet, the reason that Social Network is on here is because of how good the dialogue and the language is in this movie. Really? Uh, yeah, I've I've never really appreciated Aaron Sorkin. I was I never watched The West Wing. Uh-huh. Um, and you know I. I like a few good men, and there are a couple of. I've seen his other movies, but this is the one where it starts, and it starts on this little scene that's just dialogue heavy of him talking to his girlfriend. Um, and I won't tell you what happens, but just the way that the dialogue is written, the way that they have, they're having multiple conversations at the same time and sort of on top of each other. It's it's brilliant. Um, this is the first movie I've seen do hacking realistically and in a way that's also exciting mm-hmm. like he's sitting there i i was a computer science major for a little while i know enough to know when something is real mm-hmm. um and i i understood what it was he was saying and what he was doing and it was the kind of stuff he would actually do and he was doing it on a computer that looked like a real computer um things like that stand out to me in this movie nice um you know you can't talk about the social network without talking about whether or not it's how how fictional it is um I certainly don't believe, like, this movie doesn't taint how I feel about Mark Zuckerberg in any way. Like, in real life, I think Mark Zuckerberg is kind of a dick, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, well, I he's mean, also really smart. Yeah. Um, and, and he doesn't deserve to have, like, his name turned into, like, oh, man, yeah, that Mark Zuckerberg gets a dick. He's a dick. I saw that movie yeah, dude, that was made about him. But the truth is, I didn't walk out of this movie and feel like he was a jerk. He's not a, he's not a dick, he, dude. He's my first friend on Facebook. <laughs> he's not friends with everybody. That's a, that's a lie. That's a MySpace joke, and you know it. Um, he, I mean, he he certainly looks pathetic because it ends up being a movie about uh, sort of what friendship means in the digital age. Mm-hmm. Um, all all of those themes to me are are something that hasn't really been talked about in in films yet, and so and uh, does uh, does Fincher's style really affect the movie, or does it add to it? Uh, or I'm, does he tone it down for this I'm, movie? I'm, I'm only kind of a Fincher fan. Like, mm-hmm. big fan of Zodiac. Um, generally, I think that that Fight Club is overrated. Thank you. Um, it's it's more that like I liked Fight Club the first time I saw it, but every time I see it since, it just sounds like rhetoric. Thank you. Uh, but that's more in the writing than it is in the way that he films it. I think the way he mm-hmm. films that movie is really beautiful. But um, Social Network, yeah, he he is. He sort of steps down. He's not. 
He doesn't get in the way. He just. Tells I guess that's the a better way. Yeah. I just wonder if he got in the way. No, he just tells the story really well, which I, I think he does that in Zodiac too. Like, oh, yeah, you, I guess you don't so. you don't notice his direction. Um, it's it's more. I, I would I would be interested in finding out um, how much of the pacing and the editing he was involved with, mm-hmm. because when it comes time for Oscar season, I think that. Well, no, my number one is the movie that deserves best editing, but. Uh, this movie is a close second. The, ha- to do the pacing in this movie and to jump back and forth through this story where they're they're at courthouse scenes and they're in this room where they're talking about people being sued. Anyway, he, he gets sued multiple times by different people. So he's in multiple rooms with lawyers getting sued and yet they'll jump back and forth to like the story as it's happening to these people as they're talking about it in the future to these other people that are talking about it in the future. And the fact that you never lose track of what's going on or don't know where you are is is impressive um it's a it's a really great movie it's touching jesse eisenberg does an amazing job awesome so does andrew garfield awesome and most of all though so does justin timberlake i can't believe that i'm saying that (laughs) i am a huge justin timberlake fan now over the last few years as an actor he has become somebody to watch as far as i'm concerned yeah he's he's good in black snake moan was that four years ago i think Man, was it that long ago? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, he is really good in that. And uh, the one thing that makes me kind of want to see Yogi Bear is the <laughs> fact that he is uh, uh, Boo Boo. <laughs> like, I can't believe that that's him because that sounds exactly like Boo Boo. Um, but anyway, yeah, the movie's fantastic. You should see it. Nice. Um, I think my number three might steal a lot of people's thunder. I know it's going to steal Brad's. Um, it's uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. This is Scott Pilgrim's precious little life. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? He's a rocker. Oh, my God! A slacker. (laughs) And a lover. Is Scott here? Uh, you know what? He just left. Really? Yeah. Now... One mystery girl. You know this one girl with hair like this? Yes, that's Ramona Flowers. Somebody said she was going to be here tonight, actually. We'll make him. So this is a date, eh? Can I say date? Slip the tongue. Tongue. A fighter. Mr. Pilgrim! I'm Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. Wait! We're fighting over Ramona? Didn't you get my email explaining the situation? I skimmed it. Mm-mm. What was all that about? If we're going to date, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. You have seven evil ex-boyfriends? Seven evil exes, yes. I'm talking to you, Scott Pilgrim. And I have to defeat your seven evil exes? Pretty much. What's up? How's life? He seems nice. If she's the girl of your dreams, then you have to let her know. Step up your game, Scott. Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? What are you doing? Getting a life. We all have baggage. My baggage doesn't try and kill me every five minutes. You punch me in the boob! Prepare to die, obviously. You want to fight me for her? Why on earth would you want to do that? Because I'm in love with her. That was epic. 
I dislike you, Capiche? Tell it to the cleaning lady on Monday. What? Because you'll be dust by Monday. Um. Because you'll be pulverized in two seconds. And the cleaning lady, she cleans up dust. She dusts. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that steals all of the thunder. <laughs> you know, a movie that is so uh, specific for uh, for people um, in a specific genre. Yeah. But what a cool movie! I mean, when I, there's just so many things I can point to in that movie that I love. I could just you know do a Blu-ray and just hit like some random scene in it. Yeah, and, and talk about exactly why that scene is brilliant. Exactly. Um, yeah, this movie's a little higher on my list. Um, <laughs> it's I've I've gone on record as saying that I think it's the most ambitious movie I've seen in a long time. Oh yeah, and that's that means that I think it's more ambitious than Inception. Inception is doing a lot, but Scott Pilgrim is doing more. Uh, this is a movie that never uh, tries to explain itself. It never makes excuses for what it's nope. doing. It's just like, no, we live in a world where this stuff happens. Exactly. And then it tells story. It tells the story in a way that we've never seen before. Like the yep. way that he uses the graphics and the text and and makes that feel like, or it makes it look like a comic book. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's unbelievable. I I never would have expected. I I was one of the people that when they said that just that. Uh, um, Edgar Wright was going to make a Scott Pilgrim movie. I thought he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't know how they were going to take those six books and make them into one movie. But I knew from having watched Spaced that he was going to be able to get all of those yeah, cultural references and get all that smart uh, exterior stuff into that movie. The one thing he amazing. can do is genre mash like nobody's yeah. business. Oh yeah, and it doesn't matter. I mean, Shaun of the Dead might you might say that's a straight horror movie. I disagree. Yeah, no, uh, it, 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 the end is a horror movie for sure. But the yeah. uh, the leading up, there's romance, romance in it. There's a heartbreak. There's drama. There's action. Yeah. There's comedy. And then the same thing with Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz starts as like a a buddy cop movie. Then it kind of goes into horror. And then you're right yeah. with Spaced. Every episode of Spaced is some different genre. And even within those episodes, they bounce back and exactly. forth. Exactly. Do do refer- so many references that it's, you can't even keep track of them. You know, I have you know my favorite episode of Spaced is uh, a two of them i love the zombie one yeah and then i also love the invisible gun one where yes. they shoot yeah. each other and you know it's, it's just it's brilliant one of the and best that's where you can see how he can make a movie like scott pilgrim where i get references like uh, when scott pilgrim fights the first boy, evil x it's a uh, space channel 5 from sega dreamcast huh. where they're all dancing and as like i get those references in um kieran culkin as oh the, the gay roommate drunk yeah. Oh man, Karen Culkin steals that movie comedically. Oh, like the, everybody in that movie is funny. There's there's not a scene in that movie that I don't laugh. But Karen Culkin is the the thing you t- walked away talking about. And you know, too, you come into a movie and they'll have one scene where uh, he meets uh, Ramona at the party, and then when he comes back and sees Karen, I think that's how the the order of it it changes into a seinfeld sitcom yeah. oh just, yeah the it, seinfeld scene is amazing and it's just like it, it's most in uncapable director's hands editor's hands blah 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 you're gonna get whiplash yeah but in this it just seems natural yeah and to make a world like that seem natural is an amazing feat in cinema that it, unfortunately the public didn't appreciate. No. Well, and I, I didn't expect them. No, no, I didn't either. No, this uh, is not a movie for everybody. Exa- I even have friends that I would think like, yeah, no, you guys are really into video games. Why would you not enjoy this movie? Even they were like, well, you know, 
because Scott Pilgrim's kind of an ass. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, he is. That's, right, that's the point of the movie. And I, I was asking Brad, and I don't know if I asked you this, I, I think in that movie, actually, Michael Sarah plays himself in a, in kind of a, how do I say this? Like a bizarro way? Bizarro way, yeah. exactly. Because he, he's like, not, he's like making fun of himself in these movies. Yeah. You know, it's... Because it's it's that same sort of innocent, uh, awkward character that he gets accused of always but being. But he's an asshole. But he's an asshole in this. Like, yeah. he takes that and you're like, yeah, but if you if a person were that in real life, they would kind of be a dick all the time. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I, it, it tells... I don't want to go as far as to say that it's a... It's a movie that, well, you know, it's not a romance. It's it's a movie about love, um, which is what I said about 500 Days of Summer last year. Because in this one, it's still him chasing after the one girl who he gets in the end. Um, but it is him, It is about him, what he learns about relationships and how he treats people. Uh, which, to have that in a movie that is basically, you know, the most laughs per minute I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and layered on top of it, you know, I've watched that movie half a dozen times now. And every time I still catch things that I didn't oh, understand Oh, absolutely. Before. You know, even the, the end scene with Knives... Yeah. Where, you know, he decides, oh, I guess I'm going to go with knives. And she tells him, I, to me, that's a heartbreaking scene. She's like, then what have you been fighting for? Yeah. You know, and then he should, and, you know, Ramona walking away. And it's just, it's just a, a fucking brilliant movie. And you have to go back to the whole conversation about brilliant child actors. Not just because all, everybody who's in this movie was once a child actor and has grown up to be something good, but Knives, the girl who plays Knives, who's, I don't remember her name, but this is the first movie she's ever been in, uh, to the point that her, her acting coach was on set with her every day. Really? Yeah, and she, she took it, like, really seriously, and it was a big deal for her, and she is amazing. Like, yep. there isn't a scene that she drops, there's not a line that she doesn't pull off, uh, and that ending that... That ending relies on her. Yeah. Like we don't, if you don't believe her, you're not going to believe the ending. Right. If she can't deliver that dialogue in a way where you're like, yeah, you're right. I do want him to end up with Ramona. Uh, then it, it just sort of falls apart. And that ending is... I mean, because it's an ending where basically you have this one character who's like, I'm, I'm better than you. And you agree. And yet you still want that your main character to get together with this other girl. Because you're mm-hmm. like, well, I want him to be happy even though he's not as good as this other character. Yep. You know? The movie's amazing. Um yeah, it's gonna show up again on my list. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's and the yeah that movie's just freaking awesome. Um, and the score, yeah, gotta talk about it. Beck as as the garage band sex bomb mm-hmm. is perfect. I when I figured that out, I was like, yeah, you're right, because Beck kind of is a garage band. Yeah. And it was one of those things that you know I read the books. When when I thought about them making a movie, I was like, "Well, how are they going to do the music?" And it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I I legitimately enjoy those those songs now. Absolutely, such a cool movie. Yeah. Um, Brad's number three, as we've talked about, is Toy Story three. It's a good one. It's a great movie. But he only put it at three because it's Toy Story three. Yeah, he's he's trying to. He's he's got a thing for numerology. He does, and you know, <laughs> what a clown. Seriously. Anyway, anyway, he should take more more pride in his work. Really, <laughs> he really, really should. Really them properly. Really, really lazy, Brad. I mean, yeah. come on. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I could have put Toy Story at number three, but I was different, and I didn't. Yeah. Unfortunately, there were no number two movies, so I don't know what his number two is going to be. Oh, it is a number two movie. Oh, oh, Iron Man 2. Yeah. No. No. What? No. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, get to it. Go, go we'll to your number two, it. my friend. All right. 
Uh, my number two we have already talked about, and it's Inception. Um, nice. I actually I feel like I'm putting this movie higher than than most of the like critics that I've seen because I think it sort of catches some flack just for being as big of a movie as it already is. Um, but like I said, I think it's it's a miracle that they pulled it off the way that they did. I agree. It doesn't disappoint. Uh, my number two is Toy Story three. And again, I mean, obviously, it's a great movie because it's made it all into our top five. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll go to uh, your number one now, sir. No, what's Brad's number two? Uh, oh, Brad's number two. I'm sorry, it is. That's the... what I'm, I'm sitting here waiting. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, we almost missed a trailer here too because it, oh. nobody has it. Oh. It's a number two movie, and it's Tron Legacy. What do you say tomorrow? You and I hit the arcade. First game's on me. Can we play doubles on the same team? We're always on the same team. Good evening. Our lead story, Kevin Flynn, was reported missing. The visionary ICOM and NCOM CEO skyrocketed to the top of the tech industry. He was last seen at home with his son, Sam, leaving behind an empire and a now orphaned little boy. Sam, I was Paige last night. Page came from your dad's office at the arcade. Alan, you're acting like I'm gonna find him sitting there working. Where am I? Possibility. It's incredible. More beautiful than I ever dreamed. And more dangerous than I ever imagined. What happened? My creation turned against me. Heaven Flair! Where are you now? What am I supposed to do? survive. We have to get you out of here. Up there! There's a new world! Here they come! Up there! Yeah! Is our destiny. I have not seen Tron Legacy, so I oh, can't comment. I, I have, and I, I feel bad that it's not on my list because I'm I'm sort of a big defender of that movie. I don't think I think it's kind of caught some flack, and I don't think everybody appreciates it as much as I do. Um, for me, it's a it's a it's a kind of movie that they haven't made in a long time. It's a mm-hmm. it's an '80s family adventure film like Flight of the Navigator. Or Olivia Wilde's pretty in it. Olivia Wilde is pretty in it. Um, because she doesn't wear as much makeup as they put on her every other time that she's in a movie. Um, they, but you know, it's it's a movie like Flight of the Navigator or The Explorers <laughs> or Goonies, like one of those movies that's like we're going to explore this world, we're going to follow a, a group of characters, and they're they're going to have fun. It's not just an action movie. Like there's some good heartfelt scenes. Um, I think that the 
the father-son story that's in that movie is actually really good uh, and what they do how they use the character of Clue and what he represents in sort of the family dynamic is mm-hmm. really good uh, so when you do see it you know which I, I recommend that people see it it's, it's, it's a shame that it wasn't on my list I think it's in my 11 or 12 um, but it is it's really good doesn't need to be in 3D though even though I saw it in 3D twice. <laughs> well, you know what? It'll be my next movie I see, I probably. Probably. Um, so, yeah. So now we're to your uh, number one, my friend. All right. Well, my number one was Scott Pilgrim. Yay, Scott that's, Pilgrim. That's the movie from this year that I've watched the most. I bought it, like, the at least within the week that it came out. And the, I, there was a weekend where I watched it, I think, like, four times in a day because I watched all of the commentaries all at once. Uh, and all of the commentaries are... Almost as funny as the movie. They're See, fantastic. I still got to do that. I've I've watched most of the other things on the Blu-ray. A story about trying to get it opening week. I went to three Targets and two Best Buys. Sold out. The oh, only place I found good. it was Borders. Because it's, you know, it's a shame that that movie didn't do better than it did. But. Yeah, but I think it found a place on Blu-ray and DVD, which it should have. And I don't think that anybody's going to... I don't think anybody's going to really suffer from that movie not doing no. well. I mean, people that we don't know, you know... Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sure that somebody's going to lose their job because of that movie. But at the same time, Edgar Wright's going to make another movie. Um, all those actors are going to be in more films. This isn't like the make or break movie for anybody. No, you know, it's it's too cool of a movie. And yeah. I think I think hopefully uh, studios will recognize that how ambitious it was and how awesome they pulled it off. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, because it's 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 almost perfect. There's like maybe a joke. That falls flat for me, and that's just my personal taste. Like, like, like we said, you know, the pacing in that movie is is a work of art and and ambitious. Uh, my number one, as we've talked about uh, tons, is Inception. It's good. Yep, it's and a good one. Uh, and then Brad's number one is Scott Pilgrim as well. Oh, good. So you two a- agreed um, yeah. on your number one. So if we had to do a vote, if we had to vote one movie as our number one you know of the year, it would be It'd Exit be Sc- Through the Gift Shop. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> uh, Probably. Because, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, again, th- this year was kind of a meh year. Yeah. Uh, but, so, uh, before we wrap this up, I wanted to get uh, your opinion on what was your biggest um, disappointment of the year. There was a movie that you thought was going to be good and you were really let down by uh, the end result. I have like six listed on my on my end of the year list. Uh, so to pick one is a little hard. I mean, I mean, six. Usually I can hardly get to five, but this year there were six good ones. Um, let's see. Oh, we talked earlier about Babies. Babies was on there. But that was just because I... <laughs> I wanted to make fun of that movie. I think the biggest one for me, the movie that if you'd asked me last year if it was going to be good or at least decent and then was really among the worst, mm-hmm. was The Last Airbender. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't see it because I've given up on M. Night Shyamalan yeah. uh, after Lady in the Water. Um, yeah. I, I started to waver. Uh, what was the one before that? The Village? The Village. On um, The Village. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I didn't like Signs very much, but I still saw redeeming qualities in it. Yeah. Uh, I thought Mel Gibson was great in that movie. Uh, but when it started getting to the village, when I already figured out that they were, you know, sequ- basically cut off from the real world. Yeah. And, and then his, sometimes his, 
his arrogance to me, you can always see it in his movies. Yeah, he's definitely drank his own Kool-Aid. Yeah, um, and, and... And I was... A, I'm a big fan of the first four. I'm a huge fan of The Village. Uh, like, to me, that movie is not about the twist. But at the, but I understand people not liking it. Uh, you know, Lady in the Water, Scott to awful. me, was... It was kind of fun until I saw Pan's Labyrinth. Because, to me, that was fun as, like, dude, it's like a grown-up fairy, fairy tale movie. But then I saw a real grown-up fairy tale movie. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, I actually saw The Happening, and that was awful. But the thing is, I don't know if you've watched the show. I have, but, and uh, the show is really cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem, I, I haven't seen the movie, and from what you've told me and what Katie, our friend Katie, told me, yeah. is it's incredibly offensive, one. Uh, like the race, uh, yeah. Is, I and mean, then the acting is terrible. Is I think the biggest turnoff on it. I, <laughs> the surprise to me, yeah. The, the TV show is incredible. Um, there, there's something we said about the fact that it's a kid show that was so good that it drew the attention of people like J.J. Abrams. J.J. Uh, Abrams directed one of the episodes. Really? Yeah, the episode called "The Drill," which is they're in one of the Earth cities and there's a giant like train drill that's digging into the city. That's a J.J. Abrams episode. Huh. Um, the fact that it, it sort of garnered that kind of appreciation to tell you just how special that show is. It's one of the best cartoon shows I've seen since I was a little kid. And maybe the best action I've ever seen in a show, in a cartoon show. Um, but to go and see that movie, which by the time it came out, my expectations were nothing. Like, I had heard so many bad things about it that I was like, alright, you know, this isn't going to be good. This isn't going to be the movie I wanted but to go and see that movie and sit in the theater and listen to them pronounce the names of the characters wrong... See, that's inexcusable. Is, ...was unbelievable. Like, it, it wasn't even based on a book where, you know, maybe Aragorn isn't pronounced Aragorn. It was based on a show. Like, I've, I listened to those characters say their names for three seasons. I know how they say their and names. And what's really disappointing, too, is it's... Paramount owns Nickelodeon. Yeah. So people in there know how that show goes. So that means those studio execs are so disconnected from their own right. shows they don't even know when it's wrong yeah and because that show became a big deal exactly as far as I and know again from the outside. i've like, never seen the movie but i already know what's the problem with the movie and just by reading the what people have been saying and i mean you how does someone like m night Shyamalan even get a movie like that that uh, should be uh, to me that should be directed by someone like a chris columbus or uh, I don't even know who a, a, a director for that would be. Someone who can Steven Spielberg who can handle children. Yeah, the thing is, I, I think that he was probably the only one who asked to do it. I think, for the most part, no big name director would come to Nickelodeon and say, "I've got you've got this really great show, and I want to dumb it down to a movie." Because uh, the thing that worried me the most was I was like, "Well, how are they going to turn?" the first season of that show into a movie and the way was they were going to make it awful. Like they, <laughs> they still tried to follow the same arc and the same events but they rushed through everything and, and then tried to make the ending something big and then it just didn't feel right. Um, the way that the fighting goes in that movie isn't the way the fighting is in the show. Uh, and yeah, the whole the racial thing to me is was not as big of a deal. Like, yes, it's bad but the truth is those kind of racial problems have been true in 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 uh, Hollywood for a long time, uh, and the, I I don't think that one movie casting properly is necessarily going to make things better. You know, if if things didn't get better after Twenty One cut cut a lot of flack for getting rid of all the Asians, then I don't I don't think that that's something that's going to change overnight. Um, to me, 
I cared more about them finding good actors to play those roles. Mm-hmm. So it didn't it didn't matter if they looked like that character or if they fit some sort of racial expectation that yeah, I don't I, even agree was necessarily there. I don't think that those characters are drawn to be one race or another. Uh, I just wanted them to be good actors, and they weren't. Hmm. You know, I, Zuko is good because Zuko is played by the the Slumdog Millionaire guy, um, mm-hmm. but even that character wasn't used properly. Uh, it's the the movie's a giant mess and was a pain to watch. That sucks. Yeah. Um. To me, my biggest disappointment. Mm. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the the big thing. Uh, the thing to put my finger on to say why it isn't good is that none of those characters are having fun. Yeah, why that show is so much fun is that, like, the first thing that the Avatar does when he wakes up, Aang is his name, the first thing he does is he wants to go penguin sledding. He wants to jump on the back of a penguin and ride it down a hill. <laughs> like, that heart is not in the movie. It's mm. just, like, this dry action f- f- uh, film. Bummer. Yeah, it's not good. What was your biggest? Um, it's it's a lot smaller, and uh, it probably won't affect as many people. Um, but mine was Survival of the Dead, which <laughs> is a which is a George A. Romero movie. Yeah. Which uh, is this the one that was Handicam? No, that was no, Diary. Diary of the Dead. This is like a sequel per kind of to it because it takes a character from it oh. and follows him, but not, um, not in the Handicam way. No. Uh, it has moments where it's a George A. Romero zombie movie where it's really good. Um, it has a moral question um, of if you give the zombies something else to eat, would they not eat humans? Would they eat this other thing? Hmm. And of course, I mean, that's not going to work. It's because it, it, the zombies are brain dead. And, yeah. Uh, but what, what really what's weird about the movie is not so much the zombiness, but every once in a while I would go to like this really like slapstick comedy, which seemed really out of place in the movie. And then they were trying to get to an island where they thought maybe the the virus or whatever's bringing people back to life when they're dead wouldn't be there. Wouldn't be there. Of course, it's there because it's it's like the it's like the Walking Dead, yeah. where you're, everybody's basically Deadlier. infected. Yeah. Um. So when you die, you're just going to become a zombie. Yeah. Uh. But in this on this island, they call it Plum Island, which is off the coast of uh, Maine in sure. America. I I can't remember the exact town uh, state in America, but it's off Maine, and all the people there have an Irish accent. <laughs> and so it's it's really bizarre. So the, I guess he's saying that they're so removed from society in America that they still retain their Irish accents. And there, there's just some scenes that are so bizarre. And to me, it's a big letdown because of someone who loves Romero movies that it's, I don't know. I can't, you'd have to watch it. And then there's a scene where there, the, the lady uh, army chick is like masturbating in the open and like people are talking, it's, it's, it's just some of the stuff is just so weird. Yeah. And then they have a, you just have to watch it. It's there's, I've, I've sort of fallen off of those since let's say the, I, I saw land of the dead and was not terribly impressed with that one. And it's been, I never saw a diary of the dead. I didn't see, I didn't mind land of the dead because to me is a natural uh, progress of what he was doing with the movies. But uh, this movie just I couldn't get into it, hmm. and I own it, and I've I, I, I've watched it more than once. Yeah, you know because sometimes because it's one that you kind of want to like exactly because when I first saw it, it was on video on demand because that's the big thing now. If it, if independent movies can't get releases in theaters, yeah. they go straight to VOD, which is fine. I think that's a great outlet for it. Yeah, and I watched it, and I was like, I don't know about this movie. I'm not getting into it. Some of the characters are stupid, 
And uh, so when it came out on Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray was like twelve ninety-nine, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? The Blu-ray is twelve ninety-nine. I'll watch it again. Maybe if I watch it again with uh, that I've seen it, I'll appreciate it more. Nope. So then I watch it again with Romero commentary, and <laughs> hoping that he would tell it, you why. Yeah, it was exactly. Good. Yeah, and then yeah. I still couldn't get into it, and it's it's really disappointing to me. Yeah. Um, I think if I had the the movie I was expecting to be on Brad's list, that was one of my other biggest disappointments of the year. Uh, I saw it with Laura was Splice which <laughs> I I'm always looking for a new a good sort of small science fiction film mm-hmm. you know ever since I saw like Primer for example mm-hmm. or or Time Crimes every now and then there's a good indie sci-fi film and I was hoping that that was going to be this one but it ends up just being this sort of messy unfollowable commentary they were not even it's not it's trying to be a commentary on on sex in america but just sort of falls apart and isn't very interesting and i didn't see that movie but what's ironic about that movie before you went saw it it was originally three hours long yeah they cut it an hour and a half out of the movie so i don't know if that'll make it better or worse but it's funny that you say that because i've been reading a lot on either movie phone or other movie sites, and they think it's one of the best science fiction movies of the year. Yeah, I know. I keep seeing it. And, and I, it's, I, I tend to be the guy who I'm a huge science fiction fan, but when there's a film like the one I like, I you know I just said I'm always looking for that small indie film. Yeah. When there's one that's really popular, I tend to not like it. Like Moon from last year, mm-hmm. I hated. They they tend to be movies that like are trying for something. They're trying to be smart and sort of miss yeah. The see, mark. I have a hard time with those movies too because, uh, and that's why I give. I mean, Brad actually puts a lot of good movies on his. Yeah. But that's why I give him grief about because he likes those kind of movies where, uh, you know, Moon, where you're trying to be smart, and to me, it's just really off putting. Yeah, it's like look how clever we can be. Yeah. Um, and I get some movies uh, that I like. Some people would say that, like maybe Youth and Revolt. Where you know you're like, oh, you're trying to be clever yeah. here, and you know I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean, and that's why I haven't seen it because Laura told me it was terrible. Yeah, no, it is. And if if they ever come out with a three hour version, I will watch it. Uh, I have a feeling that a lot of that hour and a half that was cut out is near the end because the end sort of like it it starts down the path of like, okay, well, this is how the story the movie is going to end, and it just sort of trucks like it's really just like, okay. Well, now it's time for this movie to be over. And suddenly, just things start huh. happening without explanation, and um, because I thought it was really it bizarre, so because it is literally was cut. I would say yeah. a week and a half before it came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, uh, leading up to it, because I saw the trailers and I like Adrian Brody, I like Sarah Polly. I'm like, you know, what? I might see this movie because yeah. it seems bizarre. And I said, oh, it's three hours long. That's weird. And then I kept on reading it, reading it about it, and. Uh, then about a week before it came out, it said its running time had been cut to an hour and 37 minutes or something. It's it's one that I I, uh, I constantly compare it to Charles Burns' Black Hole, which is a comic. I don't know if you've read it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic, and it's it's about like uh, an STD that causes people to mutate. And I, there are a lot of sort of similarities in what Splice is trying to do, mm-hmm. and certainly in the, the tone that it takes, but it never works as a movie huh it just sort of falls apart i don't know okay uh i mean i'm done with the disappointments and hopefully this new year um can bring something better uh brad Ooh. put Are stuff we gonna to talk about good stuff from next year yeah brad put to look forward to and he left off quite a few on here that i'm really looking forward to I'll, I'll, um but we'll start with the the one he said source code i don't even know what that is it's the it's the new movie from the guy who made moon 
<laughs> okay, so that's it's, probably uh, where I've heard of it. Uh, um, Jake Gyllenhaal is inside of a room, and that room allows him to jump into the last eight minutes of a, of a guy's life before he dies. Mm-hmm. And the point is so that... It reminds me sort of of... of well, not deja vu, because it's not the same kind of a thing. But it's sort of like deja vu, because the the whole point is that with those last eight minutes of this guy's life, he needs to figure out who this bomber is so that they can stop him from from like have, doing another terrorist attack. Uh, but instead, he falls in love with this woman and tries to save her life. Hmm. Um, it, it could be good. It could be a little up its own ass. Uh, he then has the illusionist on here. Oh, the animated movie. Yep. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens, which I do want to see. Hell yeah! That trailer got me so excited. That trailer is because great. it's because you don't know what you're seeing. Like ah, cool, Daniel Craig, and then a Harrison Ford shows. Then you're like, oh, accent, this is like, what? This is Cowboys and Aliens, and it gets yeah. all crazy. It's awesome. Yeah, and then aliens come in in like flying saucers. Yeah, and it's the look I wanted. Yeah, yep. it's great. Um, then you have Sucker Punch, which I do want to see too. It looks Absolutely. it looks different and creative. It's one of those movies that like. It's going to be really hard for me not to enjoy that movie because even if like the story isn't great or the acting isn't great, visually it's just going to be a ride. Absolutely, you know, unless he fucks up the pacing or something, which I don't expect from Zack Snyder. No, and then he has Evangeline 2.0, which I'm guessing is an anime. What? And uh, <laughs> the next one's Paul, which of course reunites oh, yeah. uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, which I'm yeah. looking forward to about an alien. Yeah, it looks like, um, it looks like what uh, my favorite Martian should have been. <laughs> um, Super Eight is of course jj abrams and that looks awesome it looks like a kind of his version of cloverfield to me well it to me it uh it feels more like a modern well based on what i've read about what it's going to be it feels more like a sort of more modern jj abrams et Um, cool that's sort of what the idea but i like that it's it's wrapped in a mystery like cloverfield obviously a movie produced by jj abrams yeah um directed it's his movie yeah this one's his movie a cloverfield he produced kind of helped get it going but it has that same feel to it where you see a trailer where you don't know what's going on and And that trailer's probably not in the movie like that footage oh yeah exactly uh he left off uh captain america which i'm really looking forward to seeing absolutely because it's cool that they're making it a world war ii movie i think yeah and i'm i'm a huge fan of the rocketeer you know Mm -hmm. i don't think that um uh shoot what's his name Joe, Joe Johnston. Joe Johnson. I don't think that everything he's done in the last fifteen years or so has been great. But when you say Captain America movie made by the guy who made the Rocketeer, I I can't exactly. Be more well, I mean, your profile That's, picture on Facebook has been Captain America forever. for six months now. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I I'm not entirely convinced that Chris Evans can do it, but I think he's a he's a good choice if you're going to go with somebody who's known. I, I agree. Can, I can't think of anybody else who's a known actor. Who that's can do a tough. It. That's a tough role to do. Exactly. I mean, yeah. uh, and and I think for some reason people expect that Captain America shouldn't have any kind of that playful aspect to him, which he does. Um, yeah, which he he should. You know, he he can make a quip every now and then. He can smile, especially in World War II when he's younger. And you know, when he punches Hitler, I can't wait for that scene. Yeah, exactly. I pray that they have well, a scene where he knocks Hitler on his ass. Oh wow, it would be crazy if they did that. I mean, this movie's all about Hydra and. I don't and, I, I and don't the even, red skull that, of course yeah I doubt that Hitler's actually going to be in the movie but, but that'd should. be awesome he should yes that'd be awesome uh, and he also doesn't have Thor on here yeah which uh, some people didn't like the trailer but when I saw the trailer to me it it reeks of Greek mythology and yeah. I mean Norse mythology the, and it just it's cool like to me yeah. it looks cool I'm a big Kenneth Branagh fan I think his Hamlet is one of the best Shakespeare adaptations modern Shakespeare adaptations uh, so much so that. The scene, just hearing Anthony Hopkins talk in the trailer, gives me chills. Like yep. I don't, 
I don't care about the action stuff in the trailer. Like, it looks fine, you know. That was the, that's the stuff I'm most concerned about because I, I can't think of a, a Kenneth Branagh movie that he's done that's action-heavy, which this will be. Um, but just hearing Anthony Hopkins deliver lines like it's like it's Shakespeare, really, yep. uh, is uh, intense. And it's cool that they made a Thor movie like it should be. Uh, yeah. I think that's what's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one... You know, I don't know if you're going to bring up Green Lantern, but at this I was point, going to. The next one's going to be okay. Green Lantern. I, I at this point don't have any faith in Green Lantern. I don't either. Um, and it's a shame because Green Lantern originally was going to be the, the sort of the celestial test whether or not comic book movies in space, you know, like superheroes space stories could be told on the big screen. Uh, and at this point, I don't think that that movie is going to be the one to do it. Thor might be the one. To, like Thor is looks like it's going to be mostly on Earth. But it's at least got some of that cosmic stuff in it. Yeah. That maybe it'll at least, you know, put its toe in that water and open comic book movies up to that. Yeah. To those storylines. Uh, back to the Green Lantern. Um, I'll see the movie. Uh, I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big it. DC hero fan. Neither am I. But. Uh, the, the trailer presents it, it, it it's really uneven yeah. the trailer because some parts of the trailer look really amazing where it's um the uh how do i say it? it's like this space opera kind yeah, of all the stuff on oa yeah and then but then they go to you know of course ryan reynolds is who he is ryan reynolds is still ryan reynolds exactly so then they show him's like uh look at my costume cool oh, yeah you absolutely. know so the the trailer leaves a little bit to be desired so i mean i'll still give it a chance because i, I like i'll watch any superhero movie yeah um another one uh, that i'm really looking forward to is the final harry potter i think it should be really good uh yeah i'm gonna have to see it i'll probably go with somebody i still I'm haven't sure seen the first with. half of this one and, and i think i missed the last movie but <laughs> you know yeah uh it's an event i feel like i should see i want to see scream 4 i'm a big fan of the original screams yeah so we'll see how that turns out I it's, it's going to be interesting especially since west craven is just coming off what is critically one of his worst movies yep a movie i had no interest to see at all yeah um and then what am i missing i know what you're i, I know what my most anticipated movie Go ahead. at least in the next six months is and it's red state oh yeah red I, state i can't believe i forgot that one that trailer blew blew me away um and i can't get it out of my head uh you know i'm a huge kevin smith fan and to see him do something drastically different and it's risky yeah oh absolutely yeah um, though if anybody can pull it off if anybody yeah. if anybody's got the balls to do a movie like that it's I think it's him yeah uh, you know he already did Dogma he can't get in worse trouble yeah. um, but it's cool to see him branch out you know I, I like that he um, I don't think Cops Out is as bad as people say it, as a lot of people have said it is um, but I think yeah, he, I, I think that for what I expect from Kevin Smith it's not to par exactly but I I, I respect him that he wanted to try something new yeah and now that he's and, and after Zack and Mary and how horribly underappreciated that movie was, Absolutely. I, would ex- I kind of expected him to. Yep. Like, you know, um, after that movie, I wanted to give him a big hug. Yep. Um, but yeah, Red State looks amazing. The, the other thing about it is that uh, it's something that I can't think of happening anywhere else. Like, the Coen brothers, every now and then, they'll make a big movie, they'll make No Country or something like that, and then the next year off of the goodwill from that movie they'll make like a serious man or something small but he for him to go completely independent really like you know sort of guerrilla filmmaking all of a sudden Mm -hmm. um and just get completely away from the system not trying to market the movie the way that most people do not even talking about selling the movie the way that most people do he's he's sort of gone uh, uh, very against 
the system that has kind of shunned him and and not treated him very well for the last I agree. ten years or so. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really impressive and ballsy, and I look forward to seeing what hopefully will be on my top ten list next year. I hope so too. Um, what else are we missing? I don't know. I know um, I'm trying to think. Off I don't the know what the Coen Brothers movie is. Yep. Uh, I think of Cars. Um, Mission Impossible Four. I want oh, to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this should be, be a fun one. Sort of well, I guess Mission legacy. Impossible uh, Ghost Protocol. <laughs> That's uh, a terrible name. I know. Uh, Sounds like a video game. What else do we got? I don't know. I think I, I uh, think that's everything that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we hit most of the big movies. Um, my fancy. Yeah. Uh, anything there's else? No, you... There's no Nolan movie that nope. I can think of. Nope, because he's filming Batman right now. Yeah, he's working on Batman. Uh, anything you want to add? No, I think that's it. Um, well, we hope we have entertained you um, without Brad here um, again. Uh, to Brad's grandfather. Sorry, you can uh, Brad, you couldn't be here, but you know, we're here holding down the fort. Yeah. Uh, James, Which you know, fine. Uh, you should make this more of a habit. We don't want to just have you once a year. Yeah. But we, uh, I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it too. Um, from all of us at Nebulous Visions, um, enjoy this next year in movies. Hopefully, more than we did this previous year. <laughs> uh, but you know, there were some movies that we really enjoyed. Uh, See Scott Pilgrim. Obviously, that's a consensus. It's a year of gems more than yes. quantity. I agree. So, um, yeah, until next time, uh, maybe you want to add a word on this, perhaps? Bye. Have a nice night. Bye.